Never peel a hard-boiled egg again. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, June 17, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 418. This is No Agenda. Admiring my new tie here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State. It's Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where everybody's just getting by, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. Getting by with a stinger. So, uh... Happy Father's Day, John. Happy Father's Day to you, Adam Curry. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And also, hello to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, <laughs> subs in the water, and feet in the air, uh, all the No Agenda listeners. Wow, wow, we're getting right to it. And of course, everyone there, all the human resources at the uh, chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, as uh, you witness the program being created live, there is no editing whatsoever. It is just two guys yapping away in their underwear on a Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it is indeed official by presidential uh, proclamation. Yes. That's right. Yeah, well, you know, it's a way to go. Just so you I just... mean, there's no reason to actually pass laws anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. Oh. Therefore, I, Barack Obama, President of the United States of America, in accordance with the joint resolution of Congress approved April 24th, 1972, as amended in U.S. Code 109-36, do I hereby proclaim June 17th, 2012 as Father's Day? I direct the appropriate officials of the government to display the flag. It's an official flag day now. What? Yes. Father's Day is a flag day. And here I thought it was it's just a some... false flag day. Hello. <laughs> In the hey, I like that. It's a false flag day. <laughs> and all the stupid bankers everywhere. You know, no Father's Day for you because, you know, if Greece votes for Syriza, it's going to be pandemonium destruction of the world. Have you read, read all these bankers who can't have Father's Day? They have to sit in their office and wait for the vote to come in? Yeah, it's funny. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing. They act like it's a referendum. It's not. It's a vote. And, if, and you know, and I don't even think any of these parties will have a majority. It's just going to be another, like, oh, okay, we'll see you in two months' time. Yeah. Same, same. Well, this has been going on. I mean, this is almost, at this point, is ludicrous. Yeah. Well, they, they've got to ratify the ESM. That's what they're all waiting for. So whatever happens, it'll be nothing until that happens. Because that's the true bailout that's going to take place. But you know, we've been over that. And just in time for uh, today's program, Rodney King found dead in his swimming pool. It'll be interesting to see how this is spun. I don't know. This is going to be interesting. But I guess it would, we won't have uh, Rodney King coming on anymore saying, just get along. No. I mean, he's always been, he was always brought in as the go-to guy when anything bad was happening. Right. Well, I mean, you know, so police are saying uh, no foul play uh, suspected. Um, he had a book out. This is a stretch to promote your book, by the way. That's, that goes a little yeah, no, far. There, somebody did. They read the uh, the how to guide wrong. Well, that's kind of the, the the you know that's kind of the question, right? I mean, if if uh, now we've been predicting race being used in the presidential election, this certainly would be a, a, a news item. Now, all it takes is just one person to throw in a little spark into the powder keg here with some bogative news, and it could uh, it. 
it could start off some crap. So let's hope that doesn't happen. But you know, we've been we've been kind of awaiting something to happen, and this seems like wow, how coincidental is this? We haven't heard from the guy for fifteen years. He pops up with a book two months later. He's dead. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Coincidence? I think not. Maybe, maybe not. Now, you were going to say something about uh, uh, about President Obama's uh, new initiative for immigration, and I actually have a, a little theory on that. Uh, oh, okay. I got a bunch of clips. I mean, you know, you can do your theory no, first. Or well, no, why don't you, no, no, no. Why don't you do your clips first? And well, first, well, let's, let's begin with this this thing. This is one of your theses, which I've always been kind of enamored with, which is the. <laughs> oh, uh, you love me, don't you? <laughs> I do. Oh, uh, I love you too. Is the ABC compromise ABC News? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm thinking. Can well, I just, can just this, let me just explain the, why? Now Obama's decided just take it upon himself to to just decree <laughs> laws, <laughs> which he's been doing for a while. But this is the most outrageous. He keeps pushing the envelope. And so now he's, he's decreeing the dream, half of the DREAM Act, essentially, in place. So I'm thinking, well, how much, you know, are the news media going to do anything about this or say anything about it? And so I turn to ABC and I hear this, uh, and here it is, it's called the, I hear this thing because during his press conference, he was interrupted. Yes. You want to hear the interruption? I have the interruption if you want to. I actually, I think, why don't we hold off because I think it gets concluded over and oh, over okay. again in okay. these clips. All right. But so I hear the following. This is the real interrupting teaser. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I had the wrong one queued up. Yeah, here we go. On both sides. And tonight, the new fallout from this. The next time, I prefer you let me finish my statements before you ask that question. The president interrupted tonight from Sam Donaldson to Bill O'Reilly, all weighing in with a message for the man who did the interrupting. <laughs> Shut up, slave. So, so I'm thinking, wow, uh, ABC has got... Bill O'Reilly on because they're 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 going to do Sam Donaldson's going to say one thing and then Bill O'Reilly's going to say another because they you know you're going to typically you're going to have to deal with this interruption story with let's have somebody who says it's bad and somebody who's the classic journalism thing is three three parts mm -hmm. you find someone who says it's bad it's bad and then someone who says they don't care it's not important it's not important and the other one says no no it's good it's good it's good it's good, it's good. <laughs> wait, wait, so, wait, wait, wait let me just get this straight. Uh, you got the the way it works in journalism. Find someone who's bad, bad, bad. Someone who says man, and someone who says good, good, good. Okay, got it. I can now yeah. be a journalist. Great. That's the model. Okay. So I figure, well, let's see what. The, and I say, wow, they brought O'Reilly of all people. So so now listen to this balanced report. Under, <laughs> the clip is the Donaldson and O'Reilly balanced report. The, the ABC compromise network pro Obama always going to support him according to the theory, and here's what we get for our balanced report. A clear line between trying to get the president's attention and interrupting him. He was wrong to do it. I mean, presidents and other officials, everybody for that matter, deserve respect. I never interrupted a president when he was making a formal presentation. I never heckled the president. Fox News anchor Bill O'Reilly defending the president, too. You must respect the office of the presidency, even if you don't like the person in it. Mr. Obama was correct in calling Monroe out. And we reached out to Neil Monroe, and he would not comment on the criticism he's received. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I'm, I got too good, and I, and, I got, and I got no bad and no bad. What, what happened? What happened to the reporting? What happened to the rule? It just proves your point about ABC. Well, ABC, just so everyone knows, the reason why it's so compromised is the president of the new president of ABC News. In fact, I've been saying this so long, he's no longer that new. He's been there for about a year. 
His sister is a super secret high level advisor to the president. So that's how the connection is made. And that's how, uh, you know, um, you know, the, the interviews come to them first. Uh, Diane Sawyer is always drunk and propagating whatever they want. So that's uh, that's how the uh, compromised ABC News works. I did figure this out, though, by the way. OK, um, so first of all, you know, I uh, and I, I didn't spend the time. You're, you're talking about the Dream Act part of it or the, yes. or the shut up slave part of it? No, the Dream Act. No, the shut up slave. I thought that was just funny. It was. I uh, thought so. Uh, in fact, I'll just uh, I'll just yeah, play the whole thing. So I'll, well, just a little bit about. of the. Sh- so the president comes out and is basically saying, you know, we're not going to arrest anyone who's an illegal alien uh, under certain circumstances, which is uh, indeed part of the Dream Act legislation, which, by the way, also includes that you have to uh, either uh, g- take a loan and go to school and be uh, enslaved that way. Or you have to go into the military and be enslaved that way. So it's what a dream. What a dream this act is. <laughs> uh, here's the, the interruption as he was talking in the Rose Garden. Driven, patriotic young people. It is the, it is the right thing to do. Excuse me, sir. I, I, it's not time for questions, sir. I, I, not while I'm speaking. <laughs> Precisely because he gives him a look too, like I want to speak it. <laughs> I'm I'm still. Uh, this was a setup by someone, is my thinking. I don't know who planted it or who decided this, this guy's idea. He's a blogger, right? That's what. That's yeah, he's a blogger. a blogger. How did he get this access? Uh, well, he's behind a rope. Yeah, but there's never had that many people there, and it's a pretty big breaking news story. How did this guy get access? He's a blogger. I never heard of him. No. Well, what was his blog? Because that'll probably, you know, that's probably no, the... I have to look it yeah, up. It doesn't matter. It's some right-wing blog, but it's right. beside the point. So anyway, so uh, what I was reading and hearing everywhere, except for Krauthammer actually said it correctly, but people like, you know, this executive order stuff has got to stop. You know, he, he's bypassing laws. He's doing all this. This can't go on. So, uh, you know, I actually let it sit for a day. And I'm like, let me just check the executive orders. There's no executive order on this. And uh, so I'm like, well, let me go see what uh, what this is really about. And um, what it is about is a decision by Homeland Security. And um, and I have the, uh, the, the filing here from uh, Lucy Napolitano. Um, and uh, it's a three-pager. And it's actually a memorandum. She says, I'm setting forth how in the exercise of our professional discretion, the Department of Homeland Security should enforce the nation's immigration laws against certain young people who are brought to this country as children, blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of refocusing where uh, ICE in particular, uh, which is Immigration and Customs Enforcement, where they will uh, spend their uh, resources. And so there's something interesting that is not discussed in any of the media, because, of course, everyone's only talking about the guy who interrupted and no one went to, you know, like www.dhs.gov. Wow, I'm such a journalist. <laughs> I downloaded the document. It's in the show notes, 418.nashownotes.com. Um, so it has, um, indeed, it has the uh, specifications, uh, the criteria. One, you have to have come to the United States under the age of 16, have to have continuously resided in the United States for at least five years preceding the date of this memorandum and is present in the United States on the date of this memorandum. Currently in school, has graduated from high school, has obtained a general education development certificate at GED, or is honorably discharged veteran of the Coast Guard or Armed Forces of the United States. By the way, I don't understand how we have illegals in our armed forces. That's what I was thinking when I saw that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Wait a minute. Oops. 
Uh, Does has anybody no, do any background on anybody? No, 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 no. Hey, can you hold this gun? <laughs> You're good to go, son. Uh, has not been convicted of a felony offense, a significant misdemeanor offense, multiple misdemeanor offenses, or otherwise poses a threat to national security, public safety. So, you know, you can steal some gum, but that's about it. And you're not above the age of 30. And so then it says, you know, with respect to these individuals who meet the above criteria, blah, 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 then you get a, a personal interview. There's no guarantee. And it's not immunity. It's a personal interview so we can look at your case. And by the way, immigration laws, I will say, uh, are set on a case-by-case basis. The whole reason why uh, Ms. Mickey is getting a visa, which, by the way, we don't have yet, is uh, because she's now officially family. They're meant to keep families together, and, and I'm okay with that premise. But here's what's interesting, which no one has picked up on. Point number three, with respect to the individuals who are not currently in removal proceedings and meet the above criteria and pass a back, oh, I'm sorry, pass a back- background check, uh, wait, that's not the one I wanted. I'm sorry. Here it is. <clears throat> yeah, so that's uh, uh, that's where uh, Customs Immigration establishes a clear and efficient process for exercising prosecu- prosecutorial dis- uh, discretion on individual basis by deferring action against individuals who meet the above criteria. But then it has another point down below. The USCIS, that's United States Customs Integration Services, process shall also be available to individuals subject to a final order of removal regardless of their age. That I find very interesting. This is not just about kids. This is about anybody. And I haven't heard anyone report on this, that it's regardless of age. So this is very... But wait, isn't that, doesn't that uh, section actually... uh only it's is, would, I, are you implying that they can let a 50 year old person stay yes or i i would interpret it as follows that if you're under 30 they uh they can treat you like a 50 year old and throw you out um well yeah but i i don't think i don't think that's what's going on here and and really i have to say i'm okay with this uh, I, I don't really have a problem with it. It's not, you know, it's going to get him a huge amount of voters, you know, whatever, maybe. You know, is it a political motive? Maybe. I know why he did this. And he gave it away after the initial interruption. He let something slip. And I was like, oh, now I understand why he's doing this. Listen to this. That expels innocent young kids. And the answer to your question, sir, and the next time I prefer you let me finish my statements before you ask that question is this is the right thing to do for the American people. Maybe I, I, didn't, I didn't ask for an argument. I'm answering your question. It is the right thing to do for the American people, and here's why. Here's the reason. Because these young people are going to make extraordinary contributions and are already making contributions to our society. I've got a young person who is serving in our military, protecting us and our freedom. The notion that... that in some ways, we would treat them as expendable. Here it comes. Makes no sense. If there's a young person here who has grown up here and wants to contribute to this society, wants to maybe start a business that will create jobs for other folks who are looking for work, that's the right thing to do. 
giving certainty to our farmers and our ranchers. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, giving. Well, hold on a second. Giving certainty to our farmers and ranchers. Why? Because we need Mexicans working on our farms and ranches. Now, why is he doing this? Right now, this president is under enormous pressure from Dianne Feinstein of California. She wants to expose him of all of the leaks. I take you back to episode 403 of this very program, where Lucy Napolitano was being grilled by the very same senator from California, who said this. Our, is agriculture enforcement audits. Obviously, I have a bias. We have 81,000 farms in California. Virtually all of the labor is undocumented. What happens is, in harvest season, canning season, ice swoops in. We've got a problem. I've tried for 10 years to get an ag jobs bill through, and I can't get it through. The fact of the matter is that if we want American produce, the labor is generally undocumented. And this goes on where she says, I hope you can fi- I hope, Lucy, you can find a solution for me. Remember, I highlighted this, said, wow, she's asking for a quid pro quo. She's asking for a favor. She gets her favor. And what do we find out now that in this investigation of the White House leaks, the CIA has, per instruction of the uh, Intelligence Committee, not fi- filed a crime report with the Justice Department over Obama's drone policy and kill list. No, they've only filed a crime report um, over the uh, underwear bomber. And Feinstein is backing off. This was a deal. Well, I'm glad the administration can actually do deals. They did a deal. Finally, they did a deal. And that's what this is about. This is about Feinstein's undocumented workers. That's what this whole thing is about. Uh, because it's not going to add many votes. You think anyone's fooled? Like, oh, no, yeah. actually, the joke of it is they show all these guys show that he's already got he, in the last election, he got 67 plus percent of the Hispanic vote, which is about what's going to be again. Yeah. Because, the, in fact, it may actually go down because a lot of Hispanics don't like any of this because they figure that they went through a lot of. Ec- you know, the voters, actual mm-hmm. voters, mm-hmm. they went through a lot of effort to become American citizens. And he's just handing them a. Uh, and by the way, and by the way, check, you, you can't vote unless you're an American citizen. Right. That's the other thing. So he's not going <laughs> to add anybody to the rolls. Miss Mickey can't vote. You know, she can't show up and say, hey, let me vote. I've been so, working on the farm illegally. I can't vote. But I, as soon as this came up, I said, it's this, you know, the, the harvest season is just be, just now begun. Hello. In, in effort, in, in, in earnest, I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we have. The, the timing already, is perfect. We're entering the tomato season. We just got out of the fruit season or the, or the fruit season is still underway, but we're finished off most of it, like cherries and apricots. Then we go. And then as, as this thing winds down and we get to the. Uh, field lettuces and things like that, which really take back-breaking yeah. labor. Yeah. We move to the grapes. We need some dudes. And so by the end, by the election, uh, they could uh, they could reverse this. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we don't need you anymore. Get out. So, it, But it's so obvious. There's Feinstein saying, I need this from you. There's Obama says, okay, here it is for your farms. He says it right there. Farms. Oh, okay. And then she says, okay, I'll back off on that little investigation I was doing. You'll never hear anything from it. Never hear anything. This is how your government works, ladies and gentlemen. And this is why hopefully you listen to this program for this 
incredible analysis, which took me all of seven minutes to put together. It, it was so easy. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get that. We have our, our, our catalog of clips. <laughs> anyway. How did uh, you find that clip? That's a, a tough clip to find. Which one? What was, it, was it labeled properly? Uh, Search.nashownotes.com. And you would you to put in for the search? Uh, Feinstein and then MP3. Oh, so you found all the Feinstein clips had to listen to her again. Probably no, 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 it was, because it was labeled. Here it is labeled. The label on the clip was Feinstein, no ice. Because I remembered exactly what it was about. And it was when uh, when we had the hookers and blow scandal. They brought in Lucy to testify. Remember, she had this whole like three. You can listen to the whole clip in the show notes. She had this three minute thing about I hope you can find. I hope you can find the solution for me, Lucy. Lucy. Oh, there it is. Done. Done deal. And it's Napolitano who did this. The president didn't do anything. He just called her up and said, hey, yo, yo, dude, <laughs> dude, fix this for me. And she went, OK, no problem. I can do this. And she has her legal interpretation in there. You know, it's, it's all legal what she's doing. And I'm not against this. Yeah. Back off on the Mexicans. Absolutely. Here, this memorandum confers to su- no substantive substantive right Substantive. Yeah, exactly. Substantive right, immigration status, or pathway to citizenship. Only the Congress, acting through its legislative authority, can confer these rights. It remains for the executive branch, however, to set forth policy for the exercise of discretion within the framework of the existing laws. I've done so here. Of course it does. Of course. And I'm okay with it. Personally, just on my own personal level, like, eh, whatever. If these are the criteria, fine. I I want my grapes. I want my lettuce. You know, I'm okay with that. But everyone's bitching about some blogger who interrupted. Can't you see? It's so obvious. This is finally, yeah. I mean, this should be the headline. Obama finally does a deal. Well, he won't get much credit from him for, for it except from our show, which yeah. is really That's, funny. How weird ironic. is that? <laughs> he gets credit from, uh, like, uh, Mr. President. Two more ha- bloggers. Mr. President, I have the uh, results of our media coverage. Uh, well, uh, you got some credit from these uh, jabronis over there on the No Agenda podcast show. And That's about it, Mr. President. Damn almighty. All right. Um... So today is Father's Day. Uh, you sent a very funny note out to everybody I saw under personal title. Yeah. And uh, well, I did. I thought that the people should be. Rem- we, we did have this idea. Right? We we're always so slow on the draw when it comes to some of these uh, certainly, concepts. Certainly. To, to get, uh, <laughs> we're very slow. We're just slow. On the draw. <laughs> we're slow dudes. <laughs> slow is different. So anyway, uh, I. You know, I we came with this idea to get people to say thanks to their fathers. And so I said, well, you know, I'll wish everyone the fathers and encourage this idea. And of course, again, since the father's always the sh- gets the short sheet. Um, you know, and why is we that? We didn't get that many. We re- no, we didn't. As fathers, we really do get the, the short end of the stick, don't we? Yeah, always. Yeah. Did you get anything? I got a couple thing? things for my daughter. Oh, what she give but you? She left it, but her gift wrapping is actually more interesting than the gifts because she's an artist and she she like draws a whole Aww. painting on the thing I have to tear open. But she got uh, she got me a couple of my, minor items and just nice things. But but can you I mention them? She got this. She left a sticker on this thing, and it's a it's a gag gift, which I think is hilarious because we've actually talked. Fam, the whole family's talked about this as the most idiotic thing in the world. And so she got me these eggies. 
Eggies. Never peel a hard-boiled egg again. Oh. Eggies, hard-boiled eggs without the shell. There's these little plastic things that you put, you, you crack an egg into them, uh-huh. and then you boil them, and then when you open it, you have a hard-boiled egg. Without the shell. That you would have had if you just left the shell on. So it's, a, it's like a mold is what it is. So it's like an egg-shaped thing <laughs> that you put an egg in. It's the stupidest thing in the world because how hard is it to boil an egg? So, crack, boil, twist is what it says on the back. Oh, that's great. And instead of actually ordering it for nine ninety five, wait, there's more. Uh-huh, you get two, two eggs. Two eggs. Instead of going through that trouble, on the back she's she's left the label, uh, the price tag on it, Goodwill, $1.99. Oh, that's sweet. I've gotten nothing from my daughter so far. Oh, well, you'll probably get some in the mail. Yeah. Well, I got a beautiful card from Ms. Mickey. And uh, she made me uh, Father's Day show day pancakes. Coffee in bed. Hello. That doesn't suck. Unless you spill it. <sighs> so let's thank uh, producers who we have today. We must have. Uh, yeah, I see we have an exec, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we have an executive producer and one, two, three, four uh, associate executives, which is. Now, uh, remind you. Hand is our executive producer, came in from uh, Ocotox, Alberta. For, and I don't think he sent us anything. No, I uh, checked the email. I couldn't find the note either. So well, Let me take one more look. Hold okay. on a second. We got a reminder minute. for those of you who are new to the program. Uh, executive producers on this show works exactly like uh, big and, and, uh, and medium-sized Hollywood productions. Uh, you put up uh, some money to help produce it. You get a credit. Uh, in Hollywood, of course, uh, you get to hang out with the uh, actresses and, uh, and actors and and have sex and do blow with them. Uh, here you don't get that, but it is no. a real credit. We you, wish. Yeah, well, we're trying. We're, we're shooting for the moon on this. But it is a real credit, and uh, unlike the phonies in Hollywood, we'll actually vouch for you if someone ever questions your media cred- uh, accreditation, which is real in this case. It's an actual credit. So Barry did send us a note. He says, second time donor, I began listening to your podcast from the beginning have enjoyed every one of the episodes. I was unable to see how to contact you on your donation page. Uh, you know, so it's usually under instructions. I don't know. I've never donated. I should donate, I guess, five bucks and see. Because some people have trouble finding the box to type into. It's and, not that hard. I mean, it says note to seller or some shit like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, so he's our executive producer from Alberta, which is the rich province in uh, Canada. And $400. And then we have uh, Scott from Dawsonville, Georgia, uh, donating drunk, he claims. John, <clears throat> here we go. John, dude, you need to try some of these North Georgia wines. No, not muscadine. And he's at georgiawine.com. I don't know of any, but I'll have to do that. Anyway, I checked my PayPal account, and I think I hit knighthood on the 413th episode. Big <laughs> drunk. Please check for me. Black Knight, if not, oh, damn. I've never asked for karma before, but this donation is 69, 69 times 3, 20907. I need some help winning over a super hot nerd girl <laughs> who lost her booby dagger. <laughs> what? What's a booby dagger? I have no idea. <laughs> I just thought about how <laughs> night dagger after you quit the rings. Please consider them as down payment for my second knighthood. Could I get a Sunday morning service slide whistle karma thing? Time for moonshine. <laughs> Thanks to the best podcast in the universe. You do the slide whistle. I'll roll out the karma. <laughs> You've got karma. Booby <laughs> 
dagger. Let me see. I can't find a, a booby dagger. I don't know what booby dagger booby is. Booby dagger. Sir is... Marinov, uh, Borislav Marinov, who's uh, helping us out quite a bit recently. Elijo, Eliso Viejo, California. 209, still waiting for my third uh, human resource. Please send karma to him, his mother, and all the HR in my family. Also, send good karma to all the fathers, whether they have donated or not. Yes. Comment. I'm uh, still working towards multiple knighthoods for my kids. Uh, Sir Barisloff. It's great. I mean, I, I, I love seeing the knights stepping in. I wish we had more new people, but we are happy to hand out some karma for the fam. You've got karma. Gene uh, Neftuliev. Uh, Let me say something about Gene. Gene is in uh, in Tejas, and he yeah. sent me. I think he's in. Well, he says Frisco, Frisco, Texas. He sent me a picture. He has a one of those cigar humidor lockers. Oh, he's got. A, he has a locker. Yeah, with no agenda is the. He has a little label on it. You, know, you get a little uh, plaque. Yeah, with your name, and he has no. Oh, he, oh is this in somebody else's facility? It's yeah, not his yeah, house. yeah, it's not his house. Yeah, it's in like a club, in like a cigar smoking okay. club. So he says, and hey. "There's no agenda there." Yeah, it says, "I got That's a picture great. of it." Yeah, it's awesome. It's beautiful. He says, "I'm not drunk, but I'm smoking a cigar." <laughs> Thanks for the show, guys. Adam, can I trouble you to read the following, which I will use as a voice message? Hit it, <clears throat> Mike. This is Adam Curry asking you to leave the Tesla in the garage when you pick Gene up at the airport. Thanks, dude. I think that'll work. I guess. He has a Tesla, I guess. Somebody does. Yeah. Nice. We got we to gotta meet this Gene dude. No, no. Mike's got the Tesla. Yeah, but he's leaving the Tesla in Gene's garage. Oh, I see. Maybe Mike's house sitting or something. Oh, cool. It's a Tesla in Texas. Wow. <laughs> That's risky. That's, yeah, that, Shoot it, that pushing, thing. Oh, what is that you, car you, doing there? <laughs> That's pushing the edge right there. Sir Robert Goshko in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Another Alberta Inn from the best province in Canada. By the way, the Albertans are are the ones that contribute. Always are high on the list of what they contribute. $200. In the morning, John and Adam from Gitmo Nation Back Bacon. Here's a donation from my dad, Glenn, and father-in-law, Richard, who are sadly no longer with us. Keep up the good work. Can I get a one-hot MILF baby? Karma shot for my dame and a happy Father's Day to all donor dads out there. Don't be a boner, people. That's one hot milf, baby. You've got karma. Okay. Uh, And that's all. That'll be it. That'll be our one, two, three, four associate executive producers and one executive producer for show 418. I want to thank everybody who did who helped us on this show and to remind you to go to Dvorak.org slash N-A as D-V-O-R-A-K or uh, NoAgendaShow.com, NoAgendaNation.com and ChannelDvorak.com slash N-A to help us out uh, continue this effort that we're putting in. Dvorak.org Slash N-A. Uh, a couple of quick PR mentions. First of all, thanks to Thorin for the artwork on episode 417. Great job, as always, uh, Thorin. It's always very hard for us to choose. And, of course, uh, you can always, in the in the credits, uh, our artists always get a credit. You can also, there's also a link to noagendaartgenerator.com. You can look at all the awesome art that has uh, been submitted for each episode. Uh, you can use it for anything you want, really, which is part of the great uh, system we've put together here of open source uh, uh, copy and propagate. And, of course, so often those are used in the newsletters, and uh, we appreciate uh, Thorne's work. And I wanted to say hi to Ted, uh, who, uh, and I'll put a link to this uh, in the show notes. He uh, had a school project 
And he created, uh, as a part of this, he created a video to one of our openings. And it's a beautiful video. I mean, he did a huge animation job on it. And he says here, I got up in front of my classmates, showed them the video I made. Most of them are 20-somethings. When I got to the crackpot and buzzkill in the morning, I did get some nervous laughter from a few students. I guess they were a little confused about what to think. I guess we hit him in the mouth. Hopefully people will <laughs> check it out to definitely find out why I always have these on hand. So that's uh, cool. you got to hit the youngins in the mouth for sure. Very, very happy about that. And, of course, you can always do something very important, which is go out, take our formula, and propagate it widely. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, I looked for at least an hour yesterday and could for the life of me not find that little kid doing shut up slave. So whoever edited that and sent it to me, could you please send it again? Because I just don't have it. It's, uh, it's nowhere in my show notes, archive. I don't know what happened. Somehow it must have gotten deleted. Really weird. I Maybe think we just have it mislabeled or something. No, no. I, th- I think Yellow Jacket sent it to me. I checked all the public Dropbox well, folders. Just send and him an email and tell him to get it. Well, I've, I've just done it. I've just asked him now. So something really interesting happened yesterday, John. Really? Yeah, very interesting. Okay. So uh, we have one of our producers, uh, Ken, um, uh, produces YouTube videos under the name Arsonomics, and what he does is he takes audio from our show and then he'll. Uh, and make a screencast and he'll show you know the show notes and different websites that we're talking about and it's a very entertaining way to propagate the formula and he's done a lot of these for us so far and uh he, he i think he actually started off by doing this with the uh, the pipelines theory episode 381 if i'm not mistaken and um he got an email from someone who wanted to uh, uh talk to the person who had uh, <clears throat> who had you know done this video and he forwarded this email to me, and um, and this uh, person uh, reached out to me. Feras is his name, and he is a producer in Damascus, a television producer in Damascus, in Syria. And he says, "I want to interview you about the pipeline theory. Uh, please give me a call." I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting. You know, I mean, do we, I don't think we have any listeners in Syria, do we? That we know of? Have we ever received any? We haven't had any donations from Syria right. that I know of. Uh, we might have. I we'd have to look it up in the database. Because of course, if you think Syria, you think a bunch of bunnies in the sand, you know, you know, getting blown up, and it's a a war zone. You know, you kind of don't expect to get a, a cell phone number and just hey, give me a call whenever it works for you. So last night, I'm prepping the show. It's about a quarter to 12, so that's, uh, I think, a quarter to seven or a quarter to eight in Syria. And I checked the number. It's 0963, so, you know, which is the number for Syria. That's the country code for Syria. I'm like, I'll give him a call. And um, can you guess what the first thing is that he said to me? He's a no-agenda listener. Almost as good. Yes. Uh, hi, it's Adam Curry. Hi, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, fine. Uh, very, very interesting theory, actually. I'm really impressed. Uh, let me have, but have a question. Are you the same Adam Curry, uh, the MTV guy? <laughs> what? Brother. Yeah, that's me from uh, the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah. did, did you, do you watch yeah, that? In, did you watch that in Syria? Yes, it is. You know, 
Yeah, it's an amazing show. Um, Mr. Adam, are you interested in uh, coming uh, here uh, for uh, for a TV show uh, already in Lebanon, if you don't like to come to Syria? Um, I, actually, I am a producer of this TV show, and I'm planning to just explain what you have said in, on YouTube. So, um, he's a producer for um, NBN, which is uh, Lebanese television. I think it's available in the United States on some cable channels, actually. I don't know. Have you ever heard of this outfit, NBN? No, it's probably, you know, there's a lot of this weird, a lot of people don't realize it, but there's a lot of ethnic programming that is available. For example, uh, one of uh, my daughter's best friends uh, is from, uh, is family's from her family's from Georgia. And you, you, you know, the Russia side. Yeah, yeah. I go over yeah. to their house once in a while to pick Jay up. She's hanging out there. Oh, I'm, 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 met a, I'm out at the girl's mom. And I go on the Dish Network. Mm-hmm. And they got a whole, they got this, the Dish Network. Right. But you start going through channel, one Russian channel after another. I'm told, I, I usually stay there watching Russian TV, real Russian TV from Moscow. Yeah, that, that's the, uh, the mom, the cute mom, the Russian mom. She was at the Thanksgiving five years ago, last time I saw you in, perp- in that person. Could be. Yeah, first yeah, time I ever so. went to It's true. Yeah. But anyway, the fact, we, we, what we have here is the, uh, is all, there's about five or six of these Russian channels. And I said, where'd you get these channels? I've never even seen them on the menu to get. <laughs> oh, no, it's a special program. You tell <laughs> oh, them, really? They, they retarget the dish and they hit some satellite. With oh, nothing really? But all these sorts of programs. Interesting. Forever, you can get Spanish. You can get a whole Spanish thing. Get Russian. If they got Russian, that means they got French. They got all kinds of stuff that you, very few people know about, or they don't advertise. So um, he's offering uh, to fly me and Miss Mickey over to Damascus, which I said, "Well, I don't know if that'll work." He said, "Well, if you want, we can go to Beirut. We'll take care of your airfare, your hotel. We want to interview about the pipeline uh, theory." And so, first of all, I, I mentioned this to Miss Mickey. She goes into heart palpitations. She's like freaking out. She's like, "This is not good. This is not good. You shouldn't do this. This is not good." So I'll talk with I'll talk to John about it tomorrow. I'll see what he thinks if I should go or not. Um, of course, so the, you know, I re- I'm recording the call because this is too interesting, and I want to. I'm trying to get stuff out of him. So you know, I'm like goading him. I spoke sure. for about 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to figure out what what his view of the situation is, and. Um, uh, I got this little bit out of him. Explain what you have said in, on YouTube. Uh, so here's his thing. Actually, uh, here there we have some uh, some some people who have this theory. Oh shit! What happened there? Well, he said he has some people that have this theory. Oh crap! The clip broke. Oh shit! Okay, I'll tell you what he said. He said, "Yeah, this It'd be this, easier, by the way, if yeah, you did." Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to understand. Uh, he said that. People, most, a lot of people don't understand that this is um, about the United States wanting to secure the gas transport to Europe from the, for the Saudis. And the Russians, of course, don't want the Saudis taking over their business. That's what he says the, the, the general yeah. thesis is in, uh, in Syria and in uh, Lebanon. That would sound like something on this, that you'd hear on the streets, yes. Yeah. But he says most people still don't. America, by the way, Americans don't realize the amount of political chit chat that go on at a very high level and very uh a lot of it's just gossip but you get 
as compared to the, where we sit around, Americans sit around talking about who won the you know the American Idol show or who was not a great singer. They actually talk about their politics. Yeah, they talk and, about you know, why they're getting bombed and stuff. Yes, they and do. he was all he said very it's, you know it's very obvious that uh, uh, the Americans are trying to uh, the coalition I think he said is trying to start a civil war so that essentially uh, and this would this plays right into the Anschluss that you were talking about that we were talking about on the last show that this is where you know the Saudis are building up this you know this huge um, conglomerate uh, and they want to have their gas going into Europe which is a multi trillion dollar a year business this is really really big. Uh, and so obviously it's to thwart the Russian gas, which is why the Russians uh, want no part of it. So before we get into that, though, I, I want your opinion. And, you know, Mickey feels uncomfortable. First of all, I know Beirut. I mean, you can go on vacation in Beirut. You know, it's not it's not like a, a yeah, war you know, zone. Well, you've been there. She hasn't. I have not. Uh, I've not been to Beirut. But yeah. And, and I can assure you that, that here's the problem. I, I if it was up to me to make a decision on this. Yeah, I would. I would go without Mickey. Uh-huh. She's going to be a nervous wreck the whole time. <laughs> she's got to wear a burqa and all that. She's and not she gonna, had, well, she's not going to like it. Not there. Not, no, that part of the neck of the woods in the Middle East, you don't have to wear those things. But uh-huh. uh, she's still also going to be, she's too tall. It's just, she stands out of eh. White slavery. I don't, I just. <laughs> she's going to be the perfect white slave. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so I would, hey, Abdul, I would, get that one. She looks hot. This is the good you've, you've done this and you can take a quick trip. Because you're used to traveling the Atlantic anyway. Although this is not a quick trip because getting to the Middle East is about a 20-hour deal. Uh, yeah. But I would go to Damascus for sure, not uh, Beirut. Mm-hmm. I think actually Beirut is probably more dangerous. Because if you go to Damascus, they're going to like essentially protect you. Yeah. And uh, you will also get a, a – even though you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of uh, guys that are going to keep an eye on you, Goons. you can at least get a, a boots-on-the-ground report back, which will really, really going help on. our show a lot. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I'm like, this is great. I, it's I think, totally great. I think Damascus and, would be cool, now, too. the problem is I don't know what the State Department thinks about this sort of thing. Well, maybe but I just – But but since you'll be working essentially as a journalist, journalist and yeah. an analyst, yeah. I don't see how they can stop you from going. Maybe I just put in a call to Uncle Don for a number of reasons. One, I can get the paperwork done. Two, I'll have boots on the ground myself. I'll have some guys looking out for me. Do I don't think? know if that's going to be a good idea, but I mean, I think talking <laughs> to Don is, but I don't know if you want to be too associated with uh, uh, American intelligence agencies. Mm. But whatever the case, I think you should do it if you can. If, you, if the guy's going to pick up the tab, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "Well, because we'll, you know, I was really, I'm like, well, I um, would go. It, it, what would really be cool is if I, I mean, this may be something of a stretch, but what would really be cool is if you could actually do one of the shows from there. Well, of course, that that would be the whole the whole point. Well, no, the whole point is to get there. I think I don't think. No, I, th- I, th- I think doing a show from there is a, is a. But doing a show from there yeah. would be outstanding. Yeah, and uh, you don't think that this is a, a setup to kill me, do you? No. no. no you that, think that, that this is too obvious? But here's Mickey's concern. She's thinking, yeah, but if you're out if, up to kill you, it's bull crap. She's like, there's no chance of that. Here's here's Mickey's concern. Her concern is that uh, I'll be used as a propaganda tool and then I'll be, uh, you know, I'll wind up dead in my swimming pool here at home. I'll come back and be like, and that guy's a bunch of trouble. You're not going to say anything that you haven't said in the show. That's what I told her. She says, yeah, but, you know, this is, now you're in Damascus. I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm up for adventure, actually. I'm like, you know, how often do you get this opportunity? Yeah, it's rare. 
And then how would I fly? Does American Airlines go there? Does Southwest go there? American do it? Airlines. Yeah, P- Pan Am, as a matter of fact. Does Southwest fly uh, direct to Damascus? Uh, no, they don't fly. They never fly anywhere direct. But with with 35 stops, you'll get there. It takes five days. But, you know, it's like driving across country in a, in a minivan. Uh, do I have to sneak in through uh, uh, through Turkey or something? Or how, how are they going to They have to sneak me in? Well, they don't really have to. I mean, they, they, they have, they'll have the paperwork. Um. Uh, let's see. Let's take a look. Let's look at the, into this for just one second. Flying. <laughs> I'm going to do Southwest into bonus miles, Damascus. bonus rewards. <laughs> Maybe I can get an upgrade. <laughs> flight to Damascus. Air France goes there. Of course it does. Of course. Flight to Damascus. Here's the Air France flight. Flight to Damascus from one hundred and forty nine dollars. By the way, do not fly on any on any Middle Eastern carriers. Right. Uh, Air France would be good. Yeah, that's the one I would I would go. So with they that. have a, do they have a direct flight from Paris? Uh, I would. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, so that's also KLM, by the way. Uh, uh, oh, there you go. You can get flights. in that way. You can go. Let me let's see. see. Let's traveling from let's try SF or oh, you're in Austin. Uh, no, I'll, uh, no, I'll bet no. You can Dallas. No, you, I'll bet you I can get there from Amsterdam. Watch. Let's see if we can go Dallas Love Field. <laughs> <laughs> from from Bush's, a, Bush's headquarters. No, I get the joke. Amsterdam yeah. to, hold on, I'm, I'm doing it on the KLM site right now. Uh, Damascus. Hmm. Yes. And what kind wait, of wait, wars wait, going wait, on? Wait, wait, wait. They have nonstop a, service all from all the European uh, hubs to dude, uh, Damascus. They have I mean, a flight. They have a flight. Hold on a second. Here, I'm getting my, oh. Not on that date. Um, no, it's probably one of those they do three times a week or right, something like this. Right, right, right. Let me see. Can I do a different day? Maybe Monday. But they have flights to Damascus. Yeah. From from Amsterdam. Yeah. Hail there you go. That doesn't surprise Amsterdam. me. They probably have them from Paris. Damascus direct flight. Let me just. Uh, uh, this is looking good. I, I could fly uh, world business class. I'm, they're going to have to pay uh, for a, a... Here we go. Flight yeah, Amsterdam. You, you can't make that true. You're too big not to fly business. That's yeah. just a problem. Yeah. Paris to Damascus. There's a bunch of flights. Beautiful. Okay. Well, he was going to say... I said, you know, look, uh, send me an email. Uh, give me all the information. Give me some links. You know, a little background on the show. You know, tell me how we're going to do it. But I think Damascus... I, that's what I thought too. Like, I mean, Beirut, yeah, whatever. No, no, you don't want to go to Beirut. You want to be in Syria during this period of time. The chat room disagrees with you, by the way. But they, what? They think I'm I'm set up to get uh, knocked off. Well, that's the two of that. I'm proving I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's the chat room. Well, really, all we, if we want to know where there's going to be an attack... Um, all we have to do is just listen to Victoria Newland over there at the State Department because she apparently knows exactly where it's going to take place. Here she is, Nostradamus Newland. The regime may be organizing another massacre, this time in the village of Al Hafa in Latakia province, as well as in the towns of uh, Deir Azur, in Dara, in Homs, in Hama, and in the suburbs of Damascus. She's got the list right there. 
It's so, where, the, where some pipeline's going right from point A to point B. Yeah, but it's the, I have to stay away from the suburb there in Damascus. Let me see. What was the name of that suburb? I'll just, I'll make sure. Yeah, whatever you do. You, know, you have to go Hold to on. Damascus. Let's listen. Let's listen. In homes, in Hama, and in the suburbs of Damascus. Oh, the suburbs. So we don't want to be in the suburbs of Damascus. You're not going to be in the suburbs anyway. No, no. I'm going to be they're in. They're going to run you in. They're going to film you. They're going to probably take you to a mall. Go to the big mall. I want to see how that <laughs> thing's doing. I bet you they got an awesome mall there. No, they do. That was highlighted in the New York Times. And it's just busy as a bee in there. I want nice. you to go in there. And nice. then pick up some. Well, you need to pick up some while well, you're in that area. While well, you're in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. Pick up some good saffron. There's a plenty of it in that. Saffron. Check. Lots check. of saffron. Yeah, Get a, like a lot of it. Check on the saffron. Uh, well, actually, that's probably all I. There's actually some good deals on caviar, but that won't do me any good. Uh, but there's like, you don't there should eat, be some dynamite you don't eat, caviar uh, in the area because the Russians caviar? are connected to them. So there's going to be caviar for hey, sale. That's hey, hey, cheap. hey, you don't eat caviar? No, you, I, I, if you're going to bring it, you're not going to send it to me. So I don't care whether you get it or not. Of course I'd send it to you. You would? Of course. I love you. Okay, well, yeah, we'll get some Mosetra or my, some of the... You're my you daddy know, of the radio, of course. The good, uh, some good caviar. And it comes in these big giant tins. <laughs> and um, what else would you want to get? I'll look into it because there's probably some other Syrian specialty items that you can haul back. Maybe Although I can. I'm maybe sure I can. you're going to have fun getting get back to these customs. <laughs> customs gonna, they're going to take you aside. So, uh, what do you think it would be like uh, if I got kidnapped over there? It's not going to happen. Would it be like a three thirty second item on Wolf Blitzer? Oh, we'd make it a big item. We'd, this would be great. great <laughs> Thanks. That's, that's good to know, John. Thanks. <laughs> You, what do you mean we, Kimosabe? What's this we? You'd be like uh, slide whistling away there for two and a half hours. They can give me no show if I get kidnapped. No, we could talk about the kidnapping. <laughs> Just, and take calls. Take, and take, take calls. <laughs> yeah, Leo's actually getting some gear and so he can take calls over the internet. I love it. So uh, anyway, let's stick with Syria for a second. Um, so um, some interesting things taking place. In uh, in uh, in the State Department, in these press conferences that I admire so much, and a lot of it is now uh, focused around uh, the lies that Hillary Clinton propagated about the attack helicopters. And, um, and while I was researching this, they actually started to backpedal on that. But in my research, I came across a great RSS feed and and new conferences I now have to pay attention to of the Pentagon. The Pentagon has uh, press conferences not dissimilar to uh, what the State Department does and what Spokeshole Carney does. But these, you, I don't think you ever see them ever on television. We see Newland from time to time on television. We see uh, her, the other dude at the State Department. Of course, we see Carney. But you never see Captain Kirby or uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, hold on a second. I'll get you his name. Uh, I don't remember what it is. Mr. Mr. Miller or whatever. Um and, you know, they'll sit there in uniforms and they take questions. And so here is the question about the uh, Russian helicopters and his answer, very surprising. One more quick follow-up. Uh, Secretary of State Clinton said just a short time ago that Russia is now supplying attack helicopters to the Syrians and warns of a serious escalation in, in the fighting there. Uh, can you provide any details as to what kind of helicopters, when were they delivered, how are they being delivered? I have not seen uh, reporting that indicates the, that the Russians are providing attack helicopters to Syrians. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? What? 
<laughs> Luckily, the journalists in the room have uh, some brain cells, and they question this, obviously. I, I've just not seen that. What I can tell you is that we have been in consultations with our Russian partners for some time now about the way forward in Syria and about uh, soliciting their support for the kinds of international and economic pressure that we believe needs to continue to be applied against the Assad regime. But I've not seen reports about specific helicopter airframes being... being He's being very specific. It's like, you know, this, uh, excuse me, uh, Lucifer over there, that in that small building, because of course we're in the Pentagon, she's full of crap. I've seen no evidence. Provided to Syria. Well, what have you seen in regard to attack helicopters? Well, we, we do... Seeing it. Clearly you've seen it. We know that... We know that the Assad regime is using uh, helicopter gunships against their own people. I mean, I, we do know that. I, I don't have, you know, the blow-by-blow blow of exactly what day and when and what type of aircraft they're using. Frankly, the type of airframe is immaterial. That they are using <laughs> helicopter gunships. He's, even, he's like, this is statecraft for you. It doesn't matter. It, you know, it could be American. That, that's not the point. They're using Actually, it. he may be indicating it is. Thank you. Against their own people is intolerable, unacceptable, and just further evidence of, of the, the degree to which they're willing to kill their own people for twisted ends. And sorry, the claim that Russia is mm-hmm. supplying these helicopters, that would be immaterial? I didn't say that, Mick. I said I said I haven't seen reporting that indicates the Russians are supplying helicopters. Okay, so he's not seeing it. Now, the, now you, you notice he said our partners in Russia. The reason why is the Russian firm that is supplying uh, helicopters to uh, Syria, uh, the Americans, we, are buying the same helicopters for uh, to supply to the Afghan security forces. And uh, so, you know, this is uh, this is the, the deal. And we can't change that because these are, you know, this is the military industrial complex you're hearing here. And even Lucifer Hillary Clinton is not powerful enough to break a deal set up between huge government contracts. This is not going to happen, as is evidenced. And this is a, this is a very funny clip where, uh, the you know, the, uh, the, the major generals asked to go on the record about... Uh, well, about the use of El Diablo. Um, I, yes, we understand the question he's asking. But right now, the only legal way, the only method available to us is through this particular contract. But you're going to be exploring other ways to do it. I'm not going to uh, respond to a member of Congress here at a press conference. We, we, we got so this is Cornyn had basically, uh, Senator Cornyn had uh, sent a note saying, hey, man, you've got, you got to stop buying the helicopters from the Russians for the Afghans. And these guys are saying, who are you, shithead? We own you, bitch. You can't tell us what to do. That is letter. We'll take it seriously and we'll respond to it. The department doesn't dispute the notion that Russell Boren is providing arms to the Syrian government that are being used to kill his civilians, civilians over there. Is that, you, you agree that that's a factual issue. That's factual. Mr. Miller, your head of policy, conceded that on March 30th to uh, Cornyn in a letter. I just want to get you on the record. You know you're doing a, a, de- a deal with the devil, basically. <laughs> I want you on the record. I want you to say, on the record, yes, we're doing a deal with the devil. Let's see if he's stupid enough to fall for that trap. He wants you on the record. He wants me on the record, yeah. <laughs> I will crush you, you stupid fool. <laughs> I don't... I don't uh... 
I, I don't like to make deals with with, with any devil here. Uh, we're, we're we're not buying uh, helicopters uh, for the uh, for the Syrian regime. We're, we're buying helicopters uh, in support of the Afghan Air Force. Yay! There we go. Can I follow up on this? Okay, and it just goes on and on and on. And this yeah, like- these are these are the little press conferences like this are always better. And what's interesting to me is that the reporters are much more aggressive. Yeah, we are. You know, the the thing of course we always have to remember is that with the press the this White House press corps, you will be banished. Oh yeah, you're no, you get kicked doing out. Your job, yeah. But the and and by the way, Barbara, that douchette from uh, CNN, she was in there. She's asking pretty good questions, and uh, and and you know, it's just but you never really hear about it. And here it is, you know, uh, the bottom line is that the military. You know, we just sold this past year. The United States sold fifty billion dollars worth of uh, hardware to other countries. That's the business we're in. That is our business. And these guys run the show. Or at least they 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 uh, are the spokeshole for the show, and nothing is going to stop them. What? Uh, so the Syrians are killing people with the same helicopters we buy from the Russians. So what's your point? What's your problem? You know, people kill people, not helicopters. And it's just shut up. You know, so the morality thing is not playing out, and that's not going to change. However, as we continue on uh, the quest to understand how this is going to play out. Um, here we go. Victoria Newland explaining once again what the strategy is going to be uh, to bypass the security, the United Nations Security Council to start bombing. We want to implement that plan. We want to see it work. But if it's not going to work, we are going to have to go back to the Security Council and keep talking. So we want to make the Security Council work, but it takes all players to make it work. Well, the Russians, officials, diplomats, analysts, and so on, they all seem to be concerned that we may have a deja vu of what happened in 1999 in Yugoslavia. Uh, is that something that the United States might consider, use the massacres that occurred actually to bypass the Security Council? Again, let's not get ahead of where we are in the diplomacy. We have had lots of good bipo- we've had lots of bilateral conversations. We've had lots of multilateral conversations. We're going to have this G20, which is not only an opportunity for the bilateral conversation we talked about, we also have a lot of the uh, key leaders who've been interested in Syria there together at that meeting. So- right. So uh, I looked it up and I could not believe my eyes. Uh, the NATO bombings of Yugoslavia occurred without a United Nations Security Resolution, Security Council Resolution. I didn't know that. They had bypassed it because, you know, we, we can't wait to coin a phrase uh, there's massacre going on, uh, genocide. Uh, yeah, no, I remember this. I mean, if you really look at the history of all these little dinky wars, they uh, only George Bush was the one that ever goes to Congress and and gets people to agree to do Interestingly it. Interestingly enough, huh? Yeah, no, Bush was the only one that did that. I mean, he did it with both Bushes. Uh, the other one, the, the HW, he did it when he went to he did, did, took on the Kuwait Kuwaitis, yeah. situation. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, but no, Clinton, no. No, this is Clinton right out of Clinton's ass. Just do it. And, and, it, you know, and it, it is. And have a good song and dance as the real. Oh, we have to, otherwise people are, yeah. genocide, genocide. And uh, meanwhile, Lavrov, uh, foreign minister for Russia, came out with uh, a uh, an op-ed, which was distributed widely. I, I think he wrote it. I don't think he, it's a translation. I think he actually wrote it in uh, in, in English. I think he's pretty well educated. I'll just quote a little bit from it. Unfortunately, qualified and honest analysis of developments in Syria and their potential consequences is still in sh- short supply. 
Quite often it is replaced by primitive images and black and white propaganda. For several, yes, YouTube. <clears throat> For several months, major international media outlets have been reproducing reports about the corrupt dictatorial regime ruthlessly suppressing the aspiration of its own people to freedom and d- democracy. It seems, however, that the authors of those reports did not bother asking themselves how the government could manage to stay in power without public support for more than a year, despite the extensive sanctions imposed by its main economic partners. Why did the majority of people vote for the draft constitution proposed by the authorities? Why, after all, have most Syrian soldiers remained loyal to their commanders? If fear is the only explanation, then why did it fail to help other authoritarian, uh, authoritarian. Uh, authoritarian rulers? So he's making some sense. He's making some real sense there, and he's basically saying this is bull crap. So I'm just waiting for the for the the green screen movie for the for the big false flag that uh, Newland is predicting. I actually expected it Friday, like a you know massacre. This is a massacre planned. She's telling us where. And maybe I should uh, book my trip for <laughs> after, after the massacre. We got our massacre planning uh, committee here. Yeah, we're all oh, man. Like, we should. Jim hasn't shown up. What are we going to do? We haven't got a quorum. Hello, KLM. Uh, could I book a trip to Damascus after the massacre, please? Is that? Uh, do you have any seats available post-massacre? <laughs> wow, what a theater, ladies and gentlemen. I bet you, I bet you, Damascus rocks. I'll bet you it's... Night, you got to go to the nightclub. Nightclub, you could, hookers. You could revitalize your career as, a, as the VJ. <laughs> you know what Mickey said? She said... The, the the MTV stuff I did is probably now just airing in Syria. They're, <laughs> they're probably doing well, reruns. Well, you look a lot older in person. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. They'll be like, MTV dude, MTV guy. Hey, sign my boobie. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. make sure to bring a Sharpie with you. They're just catching up there. They're like, hey, man, it's cool that Beck is number one this week on the Top 20 Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow, wow, wow. So uh, anyway, uh, I won't play the clip. There's another clip you can find the show notes, 418.nashownotes.com. Newland trying to talk her way out of the, the... Actually, I'll play the beginning because she's such a... You know, now they're, now they're backtracking because the Pentagon basically said, hey, shut up, okay? Shut up. This is our deal. You can't ruin our deal. You can do whatever you want. You can't... You, don't use our deal as a part of your little plan over there. We don't give a crap what you do. The suggestion has been made over the course of the last 24 hours that the helicopters that the Secretary was talking about on Tuesday were, in fact, not new, but maybe refurbished or old and refurbished. Is that, is that correct? Uh, well, I think you've seen in the, in the press that the exporter of these helicopters has spoken to the fact that they have been refurbishing them. This is Ross Abaron. It's like, what, that means like a second-hand iPhone or something? You know, airframes and helicopters, they get refurbished. You can fly, you know, you may be flying in an airframe from 1975. They don't necessarily all expire within a couple of years. You know, they put new interiors, new engines. Every bolt is eventually replaced. So it's just, you know, it's a normal part of the contract. An export. Uh, from our perspective, as you know, uh, Secretary didn't state at any point that they were new. She simply said... Oh, because she didn't say they were new. ...stated that she was concerned about the, new, about the supply of helicopters moving from Russia to Syria. Uh, whether they are new or whether they are refurbished, the concern remains that they will be used for the exact same purpose. Oh, that so the- wait, hold on a second. So basically, they're they're all admitting that Hillary 
blatantly lied. Yes, that she messed up. What a stunning <laughs> discovery. <laughs> huh. Huh. She's a, she's a liar? No. Current helicopters in Syria. Uh, Matt, the, the grouchy old guy, he has none of it. I like, I like him. They are being used, and that is to kill civilians. But she said that it would be a dramatic escalation. So, you, I mean, I, I'm semi-sympathetic to the argument that reintroducing aircraft that have been missing or haven't been on in action for several months is an escalation, but it would be even a more dramatic escalation if they were new helicopters, if in fact Syria was adding to its fleet, would it not? These are helicopters that have been out of the fight for some six months or longer. Now she's an aviation expert. (laughs) She's like digging the hole deeper and deeper. They are freshly refurbished. Freshly refurbished. Look, it has has iOS 5 on it now. The question is simply uh, what one expects them to be used for when one sees what the current fleet's being used for. So your position would be that the Russians should either delay or just cancel the, the return. Uh, sending them back. The secretary said, <laughs> COD. said very clearly yesterday that we've been asking the Russians for months to consider suspending their military relationship with Syria in all of its elements. But I mean in terms of these specific helicopters. Absolutely. Why did you not Syria? disclose when you asked? For- yeah, now they're asking for the disclosure. Now she's in trouble. On Tuesday and on Wednesday that what she was talking about were in fact uh, old, refurbished. Old. That when you say old, when you think of an old Russian helicopter, don't you think of like the the the, the clunky ones? You know, the, the huge, or the like the, the, yeah, like the, a big Huey, like an air. Yeah, no, no, no. What's the? Uh, is it not Antonov? Um, ah, I should know this. Uh, Sukarov. The Sikorsky. Oh, okay. Well, it's an American but, brand, but yeah. Go on. Let's just play the clip. Helicopters. Uh, well, I'm not going to speak to where her information comes from, but in the context you, I did of not ask you where her information comes from. I asked you why you did not disclose on Tuesday or Wednesday that these were refurbished helicopters. Uh, well, it's, uh, we was very clear that we had accurate information here. It's not incumbent upon us to give a accounting of where all of our information comes from. But now we're in the context of the supplier of these helicopters having confirmed it itself themselves. Well, but I, I, again, you're not Parshad, answering the I think question. I've answered the no, no, question. But you're not answering the question. <laughs> the question is not where you got the information. Shut up. Shut up. Well, that's enough. I've had enough. But it's just funny. They're just backtracking. I'm sorry. These guys will never make it to the big leagues in the White House press corps. <laughs> they won't be in the West, yeah, in the West Wing. <laughs> Too much trouble. Troublemakers. Troublemakers. That's what they do. They put these guys, the guys who are the really good, you know, guys who just drill in and drill in and drill in. They put them into these pools that do these sorts of press conferences that get no coverage by the mainstream media. And they can go nuts asking embarrassing questions. And they do it, apparently, obviously. And nothing comes of it. And except for the fact that they will never get moved up. No. In That's, fact, this may be like a training ground. It might be like the farm clubs. There's this guy with a really easy, this is an easygoing guy. He asks the right questions. He makes us look good. Let's push him up a little bit. Yeah. I like the Matt guy, though. He, he knows he's going nowhere. He knows his career is shot. So he just sits there with his, you know, styrofoam cup of coffee. And I look, I don't understand why you just didn't, you didn't say it, man. It's like, this is completely untrue. I, I fail to understand. He's always making trouble. I think I've answered the question. Well, no, you haven't answered the question, really. 
perfect. I like it. I'm, I'm, uh, unfortunately, you never see this on television. You have to resort to a podcast. <laughs> Why are you? I always like to ask a question. I do it on the blog too. Why are you getting this information from a podcast? <laughs> ask yourself. Ask yourself that. Ask yourself. Yeah. Why? What's going on? <laughs> but you know, you go to your, your your office party or the cocktail party or hanging out with with the boys. You know, drinking some beers. You can sound pretty educated. You just well, got. It comes to the. Yeah, you can actually. Yeah, you, but you just got to be careful. Like you just got to be careful. You know, you don't don't lay too it on. much. Yeah, don't. So lay I it was on. watching. Uh, they I was watching Fox, and they brought in a couple of stooges to discuss what's going to happen in Syria. And I got the biggest kick. They had an ex ambassador, John Price, who I've never seen. I know the guy. I know of the guy, and I've never seen him on Fox before. And so they they ask him for a, sum, a summation of what's going on in Syria, and he, they, apparently they just didn't like his answer, and they cut it immediately to this other guy, Colonel something or other, mm. who's like anyone who's out of the, the military and had to retire as a colonel and not a general. Uh, is, you know, not couldn't have been that good. But, but just listen to this summation of what's going to happen in Syria with John Price, who uh, is an ex-ambassador to the Middle East, one of the Middle Eastern countries, maybe Syria. Former U.S. Ambassador John Price. Good to see you, Ambassador. Thanks for being here. Uh, let me come to you first, Mr. Ambassador. Uh, is there anything we can do in the short term, this week, to change the situation on the ground? Or are we stuck with what is going to be a months and possibly years-long process here? I don't think there's anything that could be done in the short term. I think you're dealing in a fight that's been going on for a long time, and we're in the middle of it. Mm. Um, I think the regime change... It's going to be very difficult, and I think that the end plan is not going to be an outcome of democracy as we see it. <laughs> I think that's a cliché. And so nothing in the short term. You saw that in North Africa, and, and you've got destabilization and chaos there. Mm. And what you've seen up there, you will see coming here as well. Uh, Colonel, the, we're in the middle of it in the sense of what happens in Syria really ma that's matters. <laughs> He mm. just looks at the guy and goes, uh, mm. Colonel, mm. Yeah. he, he yeah. doesn't even acknowledge what he said. <laughs> oh, I think we just lost your audio. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to have, you know, well, the, the, the mess Hillary gave the message. You get the message. You know, what was it? Here, this is the message. Our strategy is very clear. Uh <laughs> I just love it. It's very clear. Hold on. I need to yeah, do my... Followed by, uh... Oh, a lot of uhs. All right, give me... It's the message is clear. Just <laughs> Our strategy is very clear. Uh, we want to see an end to the violence, and we want to see the full implementation of Kofi Annan's plans, including uh, the uh, political transition so that the people of Syria have the same opportunity... Uh, that the people of the Republic of Korea or the United States have to choose their own leaders and to build uh, their own future. <laughs> Who made you God? Who cares? This, let, let them do whatever they want because it's not about that. And now she's going to try. Korea. Here come the us when she's like. Uh, uh. Uh, and the work is urgent because, as you know, uh, the Syrian government continues to. Uh, 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 attack. Attack. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, its own people. Uh, she couldn't. Fi- what did? What were they doing again? Uh, what? What was the? What? What was the lie we made up? They're, uh, 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 they're, uh, 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 oh yeah, no, um, attacking. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, uh, its uh, own people right. and the bloodshed. <laughs> bloodshed uh, has not uh, ceased. Um, Here it comes. And we have to uh, do everything we can to end the violence. Okay, everything we can do. Do all that we can do. We're going to mess you up, bitches. We're coming in. Hellfire. Hellfire. I just have to make the timing right. I have to go after the the massacre and before the hellfire missiles. (laughs) I'm sure there's a window of opportunity in there, John. I'm so happy you recommend I go. I'm I'm so happy you recommend I go. Massacre's not going to be anywhere around Damascus. No, it's the suburbs. The suburbs of Damascus. Yeah, you're not going anywhere around there. Just get into Damascus. Do the show. Go to shopping. Get a little shopping out of the way. <laughs> do a little sightseeing. Take a few photos. Have an escort so you can ask, can I take this photo? Can I take that photo just in case? You Wait, uh, now you're presuming you my escort sure. is female. Did you just say and that you can ask And get the hell her. out of there. Yeah. What? You just said ask your escort. She, she'll be able to tell you. Hmm. Did I say that? Yeah, I think you did. Let well, me ask see. your escort and she'll be able to tell you. Hot looking Syrian babes. Let me just, <laughs> just see. Look what for they, Miss Universe Syria. That's the one you go for. You know, Trump's behind it. They'll all be good looking. Just, I'm just looking at some YouTube images. Wow. Wow. Quo. Do this hot looking Syrian babes and go to images. Okay. Quo. Man alive. Damascus, here I come, baby. Funny how they got a picture of uh, Lucifer Clinton in the middle of that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Do you have the same page? <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> Look, there's two lesbian Syrians. Nice. Wearing. Uh, what is Hillary doing on this page? <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> Look down below. You got two Syrian babes wearing bacon bikinis. I don't see that. <laughs> that does, that sounds very wrong in an Arab Arab country. Yeah, yeah something totally. really That's wrong bad. with that. But these girls are beautiful. There's a couple here that are... Wow. Why is Angelina Jolie in this thing? Where is she? There's a bunch of guys in here. Oh, the, oh I like, you know, I'm bi-curious. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't mention that over there, huh? I wouldn't. No, maybe not a good idea. There's right. uh, Hillary again. It's funny. Mm. Babe yeah. Ruth? What is he? What's this picture? <laughs> babe. That's where that's from, babe. <laughs> that mother... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, amidst all of this, um, I got called out as a Holocaust denier on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. That really pissed me off. You've never been a Holocaust denier. No, some guy said because I... Uh, because you, you questioned Eli... Uh, no, no, no. Worse, because I said... Uh, I did a quick Google search. And by the way, my Google search is uh, who really is and then fill in the name. If you just do the name... Then you get uh, then you know you get bios that are written by people. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in other opinions. And there's a whole bunch of links. They're questioning his authenticity. Uh, and we actually said, well, we're not going to talk about that because you know it's not about that. This was about uh, you know setting up Syria as uh, in the same way the Yugoslavia was set up. And this guy's probably shilling to make that happen. And then yeah. like, you know you can say lots of stuff about me, but when you're going to say you, you you're a Holocaust denier, I'm like screw you, douche. That pissed me off. It really made me angry. And can I just say one thing? First of all, I, if, if anything, I'm, I'm certainly not a denier of the Holocaust. Um, but just on the Holocaust, 
maybe it's time that uh, there's no Jewish exclusivity on the Holocaust anymore. Okay. There were millions of homosexuals, gypsies, uh, other people who were just belligerent. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, how about uh, the Netherlands, Rotterdam, which was bombed by the Germans? That's not a Holocaust. That doesn't count. How about the Japanese who got bombed by the Americans? It's all part of the Holocaust. World War II was one big Holocaust. And so was World War One. Yes. And, and so is Pol Pot. And all of this stuff is a Holocaust. So Jonathan Rose, blow me. Sick and tired of that. Yeah, apparently it's it irked me. It irked me. Yeah, it does. You know, well, it irked me because you know, yeah. When someone says you're Holocaust denier, I didn't deny the Holocaust. I said this guy may be uh, maybe full of crap. I don't know. He says, "Oh man, all if you Google that, all those links are to Holocaust denial sites. So you're a Holocaust denier." Ugh. Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting logic that we have to deal with. Yeah, that's what I have to deal with. But but and he also you know he immediately goes after you know donations. Never, I'll never donate. I'll never tell anyone about this show. This is why we do the show without commercials because you get crazies like this who then go after your advertisers. That's exactly why we can do whatever we want because you know one guy doesn't donate. Yeah, so what? You know, ninety eight percent doesn't donate. It's not that he's a big donor that I know of. No, I don't think he's ever donated. He says he's it's never not- donated because I mean he'll never donate to a Holocaust denier. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he said. No, it's annoying. It's annoying. But yeah, no, that's actually the reason that we have to do the show the way we do it. Because, um, and you're right, that's exactly what would go on. Some guy goes off half cocked, he didn't like uh, something you said, and the next thing you know, he's going after your advertisers, making a big fuss. Yeah. In fact, I'm expecting that to, even though there's no advertisers, the, I, I'm expecting that from the, the interesting Bill Maher thing. You heard this? No, no, no. What's this? I don't know anything about it. Bill Maher, you know, continues doing his show online. And, it, it, you know, oh, he does over, overtime. Or, off, over, but this is still yeah. the show. It's the same sitting around talking. Yeah. Overdrive. Yeah, I guess that's what it's yeah, called. Yeah. So they caught him with this one. Now, that ma- mainstream media refuses to even deal with this, so that you'll not hear it anyplace else, but you're going to hear it on the No Agenda show. And uh, as somebody pointed out on one of the right-wing shows, uh, if this was any kind of, if it was anybody but a, a left-wing apologist, they would be all over this because this is pretty bad. But play the Bill Maher clip that took place. I think it was just over uh, this last Friday. Would it be better if the country just got over this notion of American exceptionalism? Oh, I think it would. Uh, I mean, yeah. this, this is... This is, by the way, this is one reason why I say, and people laugh at me, but I always say, in a hundred years, this country will be Mormon. <laughs> it's a stupid religion and a stupid country. They were made for each other. And, and I tell you... One of the things Americans are going to love about Mormonism when they find out about it is that, first of all, Jesus is an American. <laughs> Jesus is an American in Mormonism. And they love the idea that that Mormons embrace more than anybody, that we are the super-duper, star-spangled, best country ever. And if we have any flaw, it's that we make other countries feel bad because our awesomeness is so overwhelming. <laughs> It's not funny. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, not funny. They're all giggling. The group was, I think, Waters, the director, that you know, uh, fake director, and a couple other uh, liberals. Uh, you'd have to look it up, but yeah, they were all giggling as he was doing this. John Waters, uh, you mean, with the mustache? Yeah, John Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Right. And he's just yucking it up with this. You know, he's wearing a pink suit and uh, and he's looking so uh, dapper. 
But yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's not funny. But you know, people get into a, a rhythm. It's like. Uh, it's, a, well, it's not funny, but let's face reality. It's incredibly bigoted. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess he's pretty cocksure that uh, Obama's going to get reelected, and that's why he thinks he can do it. He's got a million he, bucks riding on that. Well, yeah, he does. He's, th- he's thinking, uh, I'm smoking joints in the Lincoln bedroom. So, yeah, whatever. It doesn't bother me. I never watch the guy anymore. And just because I, I found the humor to be, there was just, I can laugh, you know, I can laugh about any joke, about any anybody. But I, that was just not funny. I just didn't, you know, well, whatever. I think when you're there in the audience and the timing of his cadence and the energy. Well, they also sweeten the, the laughs. Yeah, and they put up a flash Huge. flash of sign, you know, laugh, laugh, slaves. You must laugh now. Time to laugh. So, um, Euro 2012, John, very interesting things are happening. As you know, we always predict the outcome of the huge sporting events because uh, oh, yeah. Here we, we go. believe they're rigged. And you can uh, still put in your votes there at euro2012.curry.com. So, I brought this rig thing up a couple of times in uh, public uh, forums. <laughs> Bad idea. Oh, no, no, it's not rigged. It's real, man. <laughs> Yeah. So, unbelievably, on the on the e and by the way, the news was reporting this in the, exactly this way on the eve of total annihilation of Greece, they beat Russia one to zero, which is unheard of. So, of course, you know that was a gimme. Like, hey, let these guys win, give them a little boost. Maybe it'll maybe it'll influence the vote. Okay, we'll do that. But Russia now actually eliminated. This is uh this is interesting news. And uh, the Czech Republic beat Poland. Now, and I don't, I know nothing about football, about the footballs. But here's what happened this morning in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, which was hilarious. So teletext, the teletext system, if you're not familiar and you're not in the, the United States of Europe, a television there has a text-based overlay system. And every television channel can uh, broadcast, I think it's like up to 900 pages of text. And it's uh, it's it's just kind of like old uh, right. You hit a button and like it old, shows up on the screen. Yeah, like old Commodore sixty four or Vic twenty graphics. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. Real, it's like huge pixels, and uh, but people use this in the Netherlands. They use it a lot. It is it is kind of their uh, their old school information system. And when something's going on, they hit that uh, instead of the web, I guess. And this morning, two games that have not yet been played, they already had the results. And not just the results, but who scored the goal and in which minute. So the Netherlands-Portugal game, which is to be played still today, I think. Uh, 2-0 for the Netherlands. Uh, Persi scores in the 41st and the 80th minute. And Germany-Denmark, the game has also not been played. Uh, Germany wins 2-0. Gomez scores uh, the goals in the 36th and the 73rd minute. How weird is that? Wow. And you tell me it's not rigged? It's down to the minute. So anyway, I, I think uh, um, it's still early to call it. I, I want it because the Netherlands, for a weird calculation, still has a shot to progress through to the next round. If they don't, I'm thinking Germany-Greece might be a very interesting... <laughs> In fact, uh, someone on uh, uh, euro2012.curry.com gave the, the following hypothesis... 
Germany versus Greece looks to be quarterfinals, which is a huge distraction for the Greek elections this weekend. A new government will be created during the quarterfinals, which Germany will win because after elections, there's no need for Greeks to be there. Germany versus Italy in the semifinal, Germany will win. Turn- tournament is set to be Germany versus Spain in the final, which Germany will win. A distraction over the recent 100 billion euros. And he says, this makes sense because in this scenario, Germany... This makes no sense. Well, no, no. Well, listen. In this scenario, Germany will beat Greece, Italy, and Spain on their way to title. All countries in trouble, which they have to bail out. Uh, So we have uh, Germany first, Spain second, Italy third, which is reminiscent of the three fascist states during the 30s Depression. (laughs) Come on. That's a good one. You know, we did this before with the with the World Cup or whatever one it was. Yeah. And we always, and, and the basis for our predictions, and I'm going to stick with it, with that old theory. You can change if you want. No, no, I'm not. I haven't was, it was a it way yet. to make the public feel less inclined to riot and kill everyone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still with Italy. I'm staying with Greece. Really? Wow. Well. And I think Greece will beat Germany in those semifinals. And move on. And I think the finals probably will be Greece and Spain. You don't think Italy? I think Italy's out. I don't think they're they're in hard. They're not in bad enough shape to to win anything. This has to be Greece and Italy. Spain. Oh no, but, man! Italy is in in horrible shape. Okay, here I'm putting it down. You're I, thinking Italy, Germany is going to be the final. Let's right? agree. We can still change, and you know oh, yeah. we have to evaluate. But right now, I'm thinking. Germany, Italy, I think it, Italy is the country that needs it. Because no, by no, the no. time this thing comes rolling around, you really you th- still think Greece? Yeah. And, you know, let me just think about that. You know, that is a possibility. So depending on the election results today, let's just see if there's any news on that oh, yet. I'll tell you what's going to happen with the election results. It's going to be the same thing. This will not be resolved for six months to a year. No, but that, they that, have been that, stalling, which I, which since we began doing the DH Unplugged show, Horowitz and I, would always, well, this looks like things are going to change this weekend. It's like a year ago. No, but this is and why I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying, because, because for that very reason, because the Greek vote, and here it is, Greek vote too close to call, of course, so because of this, it, because it will take a long time, it will carry us through the finals of Euro 2012. In that case, you may actually be right with that prediction. Let me see what they've got here. Betters take notice, although we oh, do here not you encourage go. wagering the, on the show. The polls say, oh my goodness, the two parties, oh, well, this is exactly what, what we're talking about, have polled between 27 and 30 percent. So we have the the far, the new democracy who are uh, pro-bailout but renegotiation. And we have Syriza, which is anti-bailout, no renegotiation, pound sand. They're between 27 and 30%, so neither one have a majority, exactly like we said at the top of the show. So this is going to be more... You're right. Greece Maybe Greece for the win, John. You could be right on that. You could be right. If Greece resolves it, then they got to flip it to Italy because Italy will need it. I don't think it's going to be... I think it'd be Spain then. Hmm. It, it, I just don't I see mean, Italy enough in the Well, news I'll tell you why. Here, listen to this. This this came in this morning. Here we go. 
Demonstrations against Italian Prime Minister Mario Monti's visit to Bologna turned violent as protesters scuffled with police and tried to break through a security cordon. There's growing dissatisfaction with the technocrats' handling of Italy's economy, which includes high borrowing costs for the country and the biggest unemployment rate in over 10 years. As protesters clashed with police outside another venue in Milan, Monti said, We stepped away from the precipice before with the contribution of the political forces and the sacrifices of Italians, but the hole is growing bigger and it may swallow us up. We're again in crisis. <laughs> the hole is growing bigger! Hey, look out, John, there's a hole there. So the Italian slaves are getting uppity. Well, we can't have yeah, that. Well, yeah, I haven't been following that. Yeah, so I have. You might be right, but I'll, 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 I'll consider it. I have. Well, um, just in other Euroland news, uh, Moody's has downgraded five Dutch banks. This is why I, I initially thought, wow, the Netherlands really needs us because that's a powder keg over there. Man. Yeah, but they're so p- passive about everything. They yeah, don't yeah. need to be assuaged. <clears throat> uh, and another thing about the Lowlands, big news report. Apparently, according to the uh, Greek Restaurant Association, uh, more and more often, Dutch people go into a Greek restaurant in the Netherlands and refuse to pay and say, no, we already paid through the EU. <laughs> That's pretty rank. That's bad. I'm sorry, man. We, we already paid through the EU. I'm not paying your stupid bill. That is, I mean, this is, that can lead to problems. This is why maybe we need to calm that down a little bit. Egan Jones has cut France. So what Egan Jones is, doesn't really matter. I think Moody's is what it is. But they've cut the French banks. Gordon Brown <clears throat> came out and said France and Italy will need a bailout. So uh, Italy is the big one. They're almost at the, uh, <clears throat> what was it called? The, the sacred seven or something like that. Or the suicide 7%, I think is what banksters are calling it now. When your bonds hit 7%, then you're dead for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Nobody knows why, but I bet, really. because you, know, you have to borrow too much money it doesn't make your books balance at right. all. Right. So uh, let's do a let's do our break, and then because I got some other stuff I want to deal with. Oh, actually, before we do that, oh, whoops. Okay, yes. Uh, I was I just picked this up. Uh, you know, C-SPAN's been doing a lot of commencement speeches. Yes, uh, which uh, by the way, we're available for those. As long as we get a, an honorary doctorate and a cool dress to wear. Yeah, you have to wear a dress. <clears throat> so anyway, I know you've been eager to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this was interesting. This is the uh, Sam Pelbasano. I can't ever pronounce his name right, but he's the, he's the chairman of the board, ex-CEO of IBM. And he goes up. He's at John Hopkins where he, uh, he gets his honorary PhD in philosophy or whatever. And he... Uh, he made an interesting little comment. Well, well, he was he went off he went off the prompter and ad libbed something, and then he made this. Just even catch the the cool wording here. A raspy voice, uh, Ron. Uh, thank you very much for allowing me to uh, address everyone today. Uh, the honorary degree is I'm blown away by it. it's it's a little emotional. You know, I want the undergraduates to understand that my first honorary degree was a Bachelor of Arts from the Johns Hopkins University. (laughs) Uh, 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 That's not in the script, by the way. Uh, You'll see when I go back and forth. I don't don't get it. Script. Oh, when I go off the script? When you have a, when you're giving a speech, if you're going to read it especially, who calls it a script? 
Well, only people who are reading a script, I guess. That's what I was thinking. Anyway, well, I just thought it was funny. Exhilarating. Well, I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Follow the script. In the morning. We have a script of thanking people, including uh, Adrian Vern... <laughs> exactly. Do it one more time. That was perfect. Adrian Adrian Vernoy. Adrian Vernoy. Adrian Vernoy. From Hustelt. Hustelt. Uh, 188. <laughs> a simple request for karma for our return to farming. Yeah, we well, should be a Mexican here in America, my friend. You've got karma. Thank you very much. We appreciate the donation. Kerry Washimoto in Toronto, Ontario, 150. I've tried to send you 100 around the first... For my birthday, however, I was unable to come up with something witty to say, so it languished for a while until I forgot all about it. Oh, cool. So to atone for my pro- procrastination, I'm penalizing myself another $50 for the cause. <laughs> you must Please atone. Sorry? You must atone. You must atone, $50. Uh, please send out a shot of karma for my nephew and former producer, Kyle. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. Sure thing. You've got karma. Thank you, Carrie. I wonder what uh, your producer produced for you. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Robert Gold, Toronto, Ontario. We don't pry. $111.11. As a listener from episode one and a consistent donor to the various No Agenda monthly program, shout outs and birthdays, I was reminded today by my kids at a quickie Father's Day lunch, which they paid for, that oh. if I added it all up, I'd be close to knighthood. So today I made a 11111 Father's Day donation towards my knighthood. I'm within striking distance. <laughs> I'll self-account and top off over the next four months. But until then, I'm going to be a monthly benefactor of the Almost a Nightclub of the No Agenda Roundtable. Awesome. And by the way, we all have No Agenda Challenge coins, which we dutifully carry at all times. War on Chickens Karma shout out, please, to, you, to Stu, Dara, Christina, and Jay for the Father's Day creps. And to y'all, happy Father's Day. <laughs> chicken you've got karma just wanted to point something out because he mentioned the uh, the challenge coins and as we're uh, ending our our knighthood rings it may be time to consider something new this is pointed out to me uh, and we have several producers who work in agencies with three letters in fact a lot of them and uh, there was a big brouhaha over uh, jp morgan chase ceo jamie diamond who was wearing his uh, presidential cufflinks while he was in his uh, in his uh, Senate hearing? Did you read about this? No, but yeah. I, it wouldn't su- surprise me. Yeah, with the C- I hey, think- look what I'm wearing here, boys. <laughs> uh, so he has uh, cufflinks emblazoned with the seal of the President of the United States, and he's literally holding his hands up, and the picture is perfect. So here's what uh, one of my insiders says. The Secret Service uses these pins for alerts as well. For example, if you wear a pin that doesn't have the right color for the event, you're a fake agent. Same deal with clearance badges. Uh, My source says these people need some new tricks. Oh, yeah. Uh, If you look on the back, they're all made in China. So I'm thinking maybe for our nights, we give a set of pins or cufflinks, but pins probably, so we have dames as well. And... uh, you know, you have a, a code that you uh, you have to wear the right color on the right day. Otherwise, you get hit in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. 
Uh, Justin Bowerly in Rescue. That's a great name for a town, California. $100. Can I get a Climate Gate shot? By far the best jingle next to Clippity Clop. Need a karma for new job opportunity. So he needs Climate Gate karma. To the gate, to the gate, to the Climate Gate. You've got karma. Tight. I like that one. That's a good combo. It is a good combo. Uh, Black Knight McTank in Playa del Rey in California, another $100. C-note for the PMGW, Karma, for him posthumously. Please also for the Constitution, the listeners, knights and hosts, plus everyone getting hitched in July, bravo. Is there something we should have read? Oh, a C-note. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, got it. Duh. Sorry. He needs a karma. Yes. For everyone. Everyone. And the Constitution. You've got... Karma. Chris Potter in Elmira, Ontario, $100 uh, in the morning. I vote for Adam to take a show off for his wedding. Karma for AC and MH here. And for John to do a clip show. He's way behind in the clip of the day standings. A little practice couldn't hurt. Karma for JCD here. If uh, I could have some karma for myself, I'd appreciate it. Thanks again for all the hard work you guys do. You've got karma. You're inviting in El Diablo with your karma for the clip show. Good old Sir Nenninger, Port Jefferson, New York, came in with 7777. For Adams hitting Bunky Moon in the mouth and John saying the Oryx looked tasty. Send more karma. Ooh, I have an update on that. Uh, the Oryx? You've yes. Karma. Okay, I'm all ears. I talked to my guy yesterday. The uh, meat man. Uh, he shall go unnamed at the farmer's market here in Austin. And I, and I said, hey, man, can you get something for me? He says, yeah, yeah. What do you need? What do you need? Oryx. He said, oh, I'd love to get some Oryx. $1,000 for a whole Oryx, he says. That's not bad. No, but I, I don't have a freezer for a whole Oryx. Get a freezer. You can buy these little freezers. These little, you have to have a freezer if you're living in Texas. There's also something you're else. You're going to be buying meat off the hoof. There's also and something you need else. A freezer. There's another. What? There's another problem. I don't have a thousand dollars to spend on Oryx. You're going to split it with him. It's only five hundred. So he says that uh, you can't. You, it's very hard to buy it because he says all these damn greenies. He says the people on these on the hunting farms. They don't even sell it anymore. You have to you have to find a buddy and get it because they give it to their employees. They eat it themselves because when they sell it, there's just too much hassle. So they don't even want to sell it. So you have to get it through a back door. But he says a grand, and uh, and I'm good to go. So, uh, but maybe I can split my half with someone else uh, locally. So Ms. No, you know, are looking. You, you believe me, it's worth. I don't know. I, you know, if you can find a way to get half, because it's a big animal. Yeah, it's it's, not like yeah that's what he said. No, no, he said it's it's a really big animal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big animal, so it's a lot of meat, mm-hmm. and it's going to be delicious. And it's, and you, but you, you, you should start shopping for a good freezer. Uh, we actually have two up in Port Angeles, and I've got one here. I should get a bigger one. Yeah, but you bought but, all that before the depression. Yeah, <laughs> funny. So yeah. anyway, uh, so I was looking into cooking oryx. I sent you a little link to some or- oryx. How you cook it? You cook oh, it like I didn't goat. get that link. It was a, a clip. It wasn't a link. It was a, I gave a cut and paste. You don't read my email. Never mind. No, I did not get an email from you about Oryx. Yes. No. Yeah. No. I, I can find it now if you want me to. Yeah. It's in your draft box. Uh, anyway, I, I'll, you have to apologize on the next show when I send it to you. Say, look. So anyway, let me finish. 
So I've started thinking about these animals and what they're like in terms of cooking, because you kind of have to figure out how to cook them. You can't just, you know, do anything. Uh, it seems as if uh, these are hoofed animals that like to climb around and do, or these are more like, these are somewhere between a venison, like a gazelle yeah. uh, and a goat. Yeah. Because everyone describes the meat as it's like cooking goat. And people have to know that goat doesn't taste like what you think it tastes like. No. Goat is a great, great uh, dish that that we may have not been eating much in the United States because it's associated with poor Muslims, and it's it's kind of a bigoted way of looking at it. But goat is the is like the mildest, best tasting lamb you've ever had. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's your note. I apologize now. Uh-huh. Uh, Oryx. Uh, this is from uh, here. It is. I dined on Oryx Chemsbok in Southern Africa. Several folks proclaim the best among the best eating. Hmm. Oh, Okay, that's the this. different. That's yeah. the other oryx. That's the one that's in New Mexico. Right. This isn't the scimitar oryx because those are those are extinct. Right. If you are ever so lucky, be decadent with the tenderloin saute, one inch medallions lightly in butter, and whip up a brown sauce with mus- mushrooms. Oh, oh my god. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. Well, <sighs> it's expensive. Anyway. Just well, what is it per pound, though? Maybe it's maybe it's not as expensive as you think. It's yeah, a lot of pounds yeah, we're talking am, about here. I, I'm living it's probably day- over a hundred pounds of meat, which is five bucks a pound, yeah, and you li- get a bunch of Oryx hamburgers. And can't you imagine yeah. having some buddies yeah. over yeah. And, and flying up some Oryx burgers? <laughs> but I'll, I'll ask him if I can do it on layaway. Oryx burgers. <laughs> Oryx burgers. Come on. <laughs> Would you like some ketchup on your Oryx burger? <laughs> I mean, how can you resist? All right, let's move on. All right, moving ahead. Leonard Papagano of Groveland, Florida. Uh, 69.69, hit the, hit the horn. Yay. Continues. I'm a regular $5 a month subscriber, and the last big donation I made was in November, so I thought it's time to make another contribution. Keep up the news assassination, and Godspeed. By the way, John really butchered my name last time. Papagano? Papagno. Papagno. Yeah, Papagno. That's what I did. I said Papagano. That would be butchering. (laughs) That's pretty much what you said this time, too. Yeah. Papagno. 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 (laughs) It just looks like Papagano when you're looking at it from a distance. Uh, well, there's a little help. Leonard now sounds like Papagno. Now say it fast and you've got Papagno. Uh, he needs a little karma. You've got karma. Okay, um, onward. Alejandro Vasquez in Westminster, Colorado, 6969. Here we go. Been listening for around a year and finally signed up for the $5 a month plan. I figured I could stand to contribute some more. Could I get a de-douching and uh, some you-know-what karma? Yeah. Do, yeah. What's you-know-what karma? Getting laid karma. It's a 69 oh, donation. Oh, getting laid. Oh, duh. Ooh. And a douchebag for my brother. You give him the separate douchebag. Douchebag for his brother has been listening for the past few months. He's contributed even less than I have. We'll see how whatever the Hot Pockets tour makes, if it makes it to, North, uh, to Colorado. Oh, he's not. He's not. It's not officially a, a douchebag then if he's donated. I mean, that's. Uh, anyway, here's well, you your. You can call anybody up for a douchebag. You've been de douched. You've got. 
Harmon. Thank you so much. And they, yes. they, the two brothers can... Uh, they can fight forever. That's right. I agree. fight amongst yeah. themselves. And uh, we look uh, forward to that, uh, to the Hot Pockets uh, tour in Colorado. We're, we're, laying out, we're laying out the route. We just need... Uh, what is that? Uh, oh, yeah. A trailer. <laughs> it's a minor, a minor little thing we need before we can embark. Yeah, so that needs to be. We have to push that harder. We do. Uh, and to mention three-letter agencies. Sir GQ here again. Please give me some karma for a promotion board I have on Tuesday. Also call Sheena Hershey as an amazing girlfriend, but an unbelieving douchebag. Douchebag. <laughs> Thanks, gents. This is like, he's like, what is he like, calling his girlfriend a douchebag and then donating sixty nine sixty nine. I mean, you got I think that's going to work. It may be a wash, my friend. Yes, Sir Jared Forrester and Regina rhymes with Saskatchewan. I just sent you and John a quick sixty nine sixty nine for the show. I feel bad that I won't be able to make it to your bachelor party. I'll be in Amsterdam from June thirtieth to July tenth. Oh, I can't, just misses but, it. Yeah. But can't afford to extend the trip. I understand that you land on the 10th. So I'll say hello if I see you in Schiphol. Schiphol. Schiphol, the airport. Bumping rings is also possible since customs didn't steal mine on the way into Canada. If the Hot Pockets 2009 tour comes to North Dakota or Montana, I'll, I'll try to come to one of the meetings. Yep. Uh, if you can, please send the Netherlands and Germany some karma. Yes. Uh, North Dakota, not so sure. Montana, definitely. Looking forward to it. You've got... Karma. And bumping rings at Schiphol Airport. And here we go again. Zachary Sims, 6969. Can I get a war on chicken shut up slave explosion? <sighs> really? All right. The war on chicken. Karma. I don't think he wanted the karma. Oh, well, he Brian got it. Watson, Raleigh, North Carolina, sixty nine, sixty nine. Obama, he's not stalling yet. <laughs> <laughs> he needs some karma. I love the show, Sir Brian. Sir Brian, you've got karma. Chad Biederman in Round Lake, Illinois, sixty nine, sixty nine. Hope to keep the chain alive with my sixty nine, sixty nine donation. John's. Uh, drunk donor readings. So I love him so much that I was tempted to fake a drunk letter, but I don't want to violate the integrity of the drunk donation process. Exactly. I don't think it's said enough, but I truly appreciate the solid information and analysis you provide us every week in your No Agenda newsletter. And your Sunday programs make my Monday commutes bearable. Please give some karma to all those who donate less than $50 to the greatest yes. podcast in the Yes, universe. that is a very good idea. Thank you for that. Nice. You've got karma. Yeah, a lot of people send in 10, 15, 20 bucks. It's, 11, uh, it's 11, all, 33. All, all helps. Uh, Chad Christian uh, in Colorado, uh, 6969. Live in Colorado, avid mountain biker. When not in the backcountry alone, it concerns me somewhat that I'm sharing. This is actually a good story. You want to read this? It's actually quite entertaining. No, you read it. Okay. Well, out in the backcountry alone, it concerns me somewhat that I'm sharing habitat with mountain lions, which are basically 180-pound versions of typical house cats made of coiled steel and teeth. <laughs> the mental image of a giant tabby silently stalking me on razor-sharp extractable claws waiting to pounce makes it difficult to relax during these little excursions. <laughs> As an amulet to being stalked, pounced upon, and disemboweled by one of these magnificent beasts, I have taken to playing the No Agenda show through my iPhone speakers. 
Not only does this keep predators at bay, it's a great way to multitask. I get my RDA of uncompromised news from the best podcast in the universe, a little exercise, and I get to keep my jugglers. So there I was, riding along, enjoying the outdoors, listening to the show. It was the donation segment I was thinking that I needed to renounce my boner dumb and become a donor. At that very moment, I was struck by one of the Mother's Nature's combo, an imminent call, the gas station coffee and green bean burrito. Combo. Combo that seemed so good only an hour before had turned on me. I got off my bike and made my way toward the bushes when I noticed something flicker in the sunlight. White paper. Could it be my good intentions of donating? Of course. I was about to receive some retroactive karma in the form of a stash of toilet paper that must have fallen from a hiker's pack. What luck. I reached out to grab the white wad of backcountry convenience and discovered to my horror that it had already been used and now only barely covered the ghastly remnants of some previous traveler's breakfast. Balls. I reversed course and found a less conspicuous place to dig a hole of my own and was saved from a rather uncomfortable ride home by some bandages from my first aid kit that served alternative purposes well enough. The message was clear, however. Donate or else. I had been spared, but I, would I be so lucky again? It's not worth the risk. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm literally crying. Michael uh, Schumacher. Hold on, hold, you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chad needs some uh, toilet paper karma. Oh, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got karma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good writing, man. Yeah, he paints a picture. Good Michael writing. Michael Schumacher in Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> 69 If Adam can hold it together, we'll continue. Jesse Cruz in Highland Park, Illinois. 69-69. In the morning, John and Adam, oh. can I get a Huntsman Karma combo? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. mm. You've got karma. Oh, here's one. <laughs> Greg Steerly in Santa Monica, uh, 55, 55. Uh, can Adam read this in his MTV voice? Hit it. Okay, so basically they want a free promo, a free commercial. Well, so I've done all these. This will be the first paid one. The first audition that ever got paid. Hey, everybody, it's Adam Curry from MTV. If you want to be a star, go to ShirleyStarPhotography.com. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, no wonder. Radu Pertuck in Northbrook, Illinois, fifty-five, fifty-five, fiber, 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 fiber. Radu from Chicago here. Give me a shout out to my dad and to you guys. Happy Father's Day. Oh. And Adam, quit smoking. Other than that, you guys rock. John, tell Adam to quit smoking. It's no good for you. Thank you. Yowl Asowus. Oh, brother. Asowus. Yale. Yale. Asowski. Asowski. Yael Asowski. Yael. Yael Asowski. St. Petersburg, Florida, 5555. Last time I donated and asked for job karma, it worked. <laughs> now I'm a full-time slave journalist. I found some toilet paper. <laughs> I didn't get a job, but I found some toilet paper. <laughs> now I'm a full-time slave journalist paying off some odious debt in Gitmo Nation. Can I get a squirrel karma for my smoking hot Vietnamese girlfriend, Melanie? Viennese. Viennese, not Vietnamese. Oh, Viennese. Oh, that's funny. Viennese girlfriend, Melanie who is applying, I was wondering why the name would be Melanie, she's Vietnamese, applying to, she's going for an internship in Tampa. Huh. 
and tell the slaves, everyone who knows Tampa knows why this made that noise, and tell the slaves to listen to Liberty in Exile on the No Agenda stream. It's a good show, absolutely. So squirrel karma for you. Squirrel! You've got karma. Actually, I think a lot of the girls in uh, Vietnam were named Melanie. Stephen J., well, nowadays, Stephen J. Nelson, Wheat Ridge, Colorado, double nickels on the dime, Michael Bowling, 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 Bowling. Uh, Golita, California, 5510. I feel like a blue bald boner for too long not donating. So here's a donation release all over you guys. Very funny. Keep up the good work assassinating the media and keep hitting people in the mouth, propagating the formula down here in Santa Barbara. Uh, can I get a karma for my smoking hot girlfriend, Laura? Mm, absolutely, man. No problem. You've got karma. Send pictures. Eon Prentice in Montreal, Quebec. Here's my value for value donation. I wanted to keep a Father's Day or give a Father's Day shout out to my friend Ryan and call him out as a non-donating douchebag. Douchebag. And he needs a shot at karma and a de-douching for himself. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Colin Peterson, Bow, Washington, or Bo, one of the two, 55. 10 double nickels on the dime. Since it's Father's Day, I wanted to show my appreciation for the Podfather. It's Podfather Day. <laughs> and a man who served the role of sardonic, sardonic uncle for who forces everyone to reevaluate their positions. Thank you for all the hard work and insight. How about some karma for yourselves and all the dads and grads out there? On a related note, I want to provide some empirical evidence that no agenda karma works. Works wonders. In fact, it works without even being, without the obligatory bell ringing. <laughs> A couple of months ago, you mentioned my name appropriately <coughs> as a donor, but missed my note since I had sent it separately by an email. I didn't get any bell ringing, but all I got was the good karma I'd asked for anyway, including the unlikely bit about getting laid. It was an amazing week, so all you boners need to get with it and support the show. I assure you it will pay off in good karma. You've got karma. Father's Day karma. Glenn Riccio, Sir Glenn Riccio to you, Charlottesville, Virginia, double nickels on the dime. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the deserving dads out there, including my own father, even though he's a douchebag for not listening to the show. <laughs> I'm not going to douchebag him. Okay. It's Father's Day. I'm, yeah, I'm letting him slide. For later. Get him to listen to the show. You oh, can't get... Some of these notes are too long, man. I'm not going to read this whole note. Uh, Sir Ray Jacobson was donating drunk. Oh. So I would. It, oh. By the way, this note is not really that long. It's the same note twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's up. It's a tough work week. I've been drinking. I had a bottle of Stone Cellars Cabernet, serving <laughs> Ding Dong from Food Lion. There's my problem, dudes. Love your jingle. Dvorak.com slash is Dvorak.org slash na, but trying to spell to four act. <laughs> After drinking, not happening. I tried some obvious domain names, not working. They're not even feffing register. <laughs> what the fuck? So you all drunken enough donators? I'm we simpler. Put cash into the formula. <laughs> all point to the donations page. If you they be broke, you know. When I'm sober, I'll fix them. Okay. <laughs> I think he needs karma. karma. I, I think something. he needs something. You Kyle Brent. Karma. Cal Band in Indianapolis, Indiana. 50 double niggles on the dime. Uh, you guys do so much. Thanks for the in-depth reporting you do uh, to bring us slaves the truth. <laughs> I'm, li <laughs> I'm living the American dream of just get. I'm always thinking, 
Well, you know, we get you know, all this good information, and you know, you got now you know. Okay, so good luck. <laughs> I'm living the American dream of just getting by this summer at the government internship, digitizing about a half a million pages of records, listening to past episodes of No Agenda helps my eight hours a day go by much faster. And in fact, I noticed my daily average number of pages scanned has increased from 4,500 to over 5,000 since I started listening to you two. Wow. There's a business deal here. I mean, we should, the government should be playing our stuff. Hold on a second. 5,000 divided by 60 is 83 an hour. No, no. No, that's 83 hours. Yeah, you only, no, huh? 5,000 5, a day would, works an eight hour day. Right. So you divide 5,000 by eight for the hourly production. Right. That's 625. Which is what? Uh, 10? 10 a minute? A minute. Yeah. Wow. That seems like high. Yeah. Can I have some karma for myself and all the other Indiana University Hoosiers out there? And I'd like to call out AT&T for being douchebags. Douchebags. For providing crappy service at high prices. Thanks a lot. All the best. You've got karma. This is an interesting one from Anthony... Uh, Cobelli in Bismarck, North Dakota, double nickels on the dime. Karma works. In February, I requested Rubik's, Rubik's Cube Karma for Charlie. That weekend, he won first place in the two-by-two two speed cubing at the Linden Open. Could Charlie get more Rubik's Cube Karma? Yes, of course. Good luck with you ever that. see this? You've These are on Karma. Yeah. These I, things are on YouTube. I tend to stay away from it. Oh, you got to see the one-handed... Karma comp or karma, the one-handed Rubik's cube competition. Mm. Kid holds it. They, they mix the cube up. The kid holds it with one hand, and within sixty seconds, he solves the puzzle. Really? You have to see these 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 clips. You go, oh my god! I know that uh, there's a uh, my uh, my cousin's. I think I showed you that my cousin's video that he did for uh, was it some muckety muck college in D.C. He played a classical piece of music and did the Rubik's Cube at the same time. <laughs> Kid's amazing. And, and he has Tourette's, by the way. Oh, That's no. why we get along so well. Yeah, the kid's like doing, he's playing classical piano, and then he, in between the piece, he's doing the Rubik's Cube and solves it right at the end of the, of the song. It's, I, yes, I've yeah. seen it. Entertaining. Uh, isn't it Dame Tanya? Isn't yes, of course Tanya, it's Dame Tanya. Dame Tanya, our actress uh, in residence actress in San Francisco, $55 to my wonderful husband, Shyster, who does everything and gets none of the credit. I love you so much. Thanks for being such a great Aww. dad and taking me, talking me into homeschooling our little human resource, your Aww. loving wife, Tonya. Aww. That's lovely. Now, she, uh, I would recommend homeschooling to people who have the time to do it. <coughs> Certainly but in California. But the kids have to sign up for it, by yeah. the way. Yeah, Literally. Can. I mean, they yeah. have to say, say, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And then, and then otherwise you send them to the worst school in the world. KYC Israel in Palm Garden, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, 54, no comment. Graham Ross, Frisco, Texas. Another Friscoing, hmm. Frisco-ish. Hey, maybe I can split the Oryx with those guys. They'd probably be glad to. Yeah. $53 for Father's Day. I figured you need to be de-douched, uh, Dad. Happy Father's Day. Jeremy Ross, love Graham. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Michael McGee. McQuirk in uh, Lexington, Massachusetts, nuts. 
5115. Michelle Gearing in Manhattan, Kansas, 51. Happy Father's Day to my husband, Justin Gearing. Please credit this donation to his future knighthood. Bradford Gillian, Gallian, Gallian. Gallian, I'd say. Yeah. Lake Charles, Louisiana, 5050. Uh, happy Father's Day, gentlemen. John, you pronounced my name right the second time. Now try it with a French Creole accent. <laughs> uh, I can't, I don't, that's an accent I I, I did years ago. I Gallian, Gallian. Gallian, yeah, that would be something like that. Gallien. Onion. Onion. <laughs> uh, send some karma out to all the fathers out there. You've got karma. Uh, Rosanna no, uh, 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 You miss Barry. Oh, sorry, Barry. Barry Kroger in Greeley, Colorado. I used to know somebody lived there. $50. Send out a shot of karma to all my dads, past and present. Well, all dads, not his. Just all oh, I'm sorry. Got <laughs> karma. Is your dad still alive? Who, me? Yeah, yours? No. Uh. Uh, that's, that's a long, that's a long time gone, oh, lost dad. I'm sorry. Rosanna Oglesby, uh, Richmond, Texas, $50. Uh, my last name is Oglesby. Okay. I'm donating for my husband, Tyler, in honor of his first Father's Day. Oh. I want him to know that I love him and I'm glad he's my husband and the father of our child. I want to get him started on his knighthood. Tyler's a great father to our seven-month-old human resource, <laughs> Sierra. He also works so hard in retail. To allow me to stay home with her, when he comes home, he's always involved with her. The word cute was never in his vocabulary until we had her. Now he says it at least twice a day. When trying to decide on a gift for Father's Day, donating to you guys was the first thing that came to mind, mostly because I don't need more stuff taking up space in my house. Also, because he loves your podcast and listens to it religiously, your podcast is one of the few I will listen to with him. I would love it if you could give him some job or us some job karma for him. And some slide whistle for me. She loves it. Uh, we told our landlord we are moving in two months, but the job he's trying to get hasn't come through. Hopefully, karma will help. So she needs some karma. Thank, thank you guys for what you do. You really do have the best part person of the universe. Happy Father's Day to you both and to all our uh, other fathers, stepfathers, and father figures. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a nice, nice gift. You've got karma. It's the gift that keeps on. Let me think about it this way. He might bump into a roll of toilet paper today. <laughs> Matthew Parker in Park Ridge, Illinois, 50. I'd uh, proud to say it's my third donation. You guys are worth every penny. I'm a stay-at-home dad who doesn't have the time to watch a lot of news, but I think your show gives me a great breakdown of the top stories. Yeah, try watching the news now hmm. of the week. Keep up the great work. I also may have some selling my house karma. Happy Father's Day to everyone. You've got karma. Uh, Robin Hawk, Anna, Illinois. <clears throat> this is from a wife and mother who forgot to send this in yesterday for her husband's birthday on the 15th, Raleigh Hawk, and his daughter's birthday on the 14th, Madeline Hawk. Do we have both those on there? Yeah, I think we do. Uh, no, no, we don't. Doesn't put in Madeline Hawk. Uh, interesting. Raleigh and Oh, Madeline. no, it's here. Yeah, I got it. It's here. Yeah. Okay, well, Jan Houghton in Kaiser, Oregon, or Kieser as a California might pronounce it, $50 in honor of the two good dads, Jared Ottinger and Mike O'Reilly, both in Oregon's wonderful Willamette Valley. Hey, that's where I got my uh, pilot's license, Willamette. Oh, huh. yep. Jeffrey Smith, Alpena, Michigan, $50. Uh, get a birthday and karma shout out from my son, William, who will turn one. 
on Monday. Also, how about a karma shout for the NA dads out there as well as both of you to the best podcast in the universe. You guys rock. Yeah, sure thing, man. You've got karma. From Huntersville, North Carolina, we got Chris Whitten, uh, 50. I wish I could donate more, but this is what I can do for now. I'm a father of two in desperate need of some job karma and find a home karma. Since I have to be put out of the how- my house in less than two and a half weeks, I'm a relatively new listener and had a question. What's the deal with the Hot Pockets tour? Hot Why Pockets? Hot Pockets? I've often been questions about your show, and this is probably the best way to get answers. Pay money, get answers. It's true. Okay, so uh, we did a tour last year, and uh, we wanted to have a sponsor, which, of course, we would never take, but we decided it would be funny if we just said we were sponsored by Hot Pockets because they're so nutritional and tasty. And it was the Hot Pockets 2008 tour because last year the president signed the Westminster Abbey Ledger with uh, Obama was here 2008 because, of course, uh, they rebooted him and his program just reset, and he was back on the campaign trail in 2008. Uh, so that's where it's from. And it's basically us going around uh, portions of America. We're set to do about 3,000 miles uh, this summer. Right after we get back from our wedding, we need a trailer. Chris Lewinsky, Sir Chris Lewinsky, to you, Sherwood Park, Illinois, uh, 50, Jason Burke, Richmond, Texas, 50, and finally Jason Fortin in Geneva, Illinois. Well, Illinois ends. Uh, fifty dollars. We want to thank all these people for helping produce this show and get this get it out. Uh, and we hope that you go to dvorak.org slash na to uh, contribute to show four eighteen upcoming and in, in advance of show four twenty, which will be interesting to see how that does. Should be next Sunday. Indeed. I also want to thank uh, our friends over there at healthysurprise.com. dot com. I got a box. Did you get your new box? Yeah, yeah. There was at least one thing in there that was. What did you uh, like? What did you like in the box? The apple chips. Oh, those are great. They, they also give us hemp seeds, which uh, we've kind of become addicted to. Hemp Isn't seeds. this just marijuana seeds? Yeah, but then you don't get high off of them, but they, they taste no, you good. Won't, you wouldn't. And they make you poop good. That little pack is going to change your poop structure. Dvorak.org slash N-A. It's your birthday, birthday. I know says Sir Ray Jacobson. She uh, celebrates on the 19th. William Ashby congratulates himself uh, for his birthday, which he celebrated yesterday. Robin Hawk says happy birthday to her hubby, Raleigh Hawk. Uh, he celebrated the 15th. And Robin Hawk, uh, her daughter, Madeline Hawk, uh, celebrated uh, on the 14th. Jeffrey Smith finally says happy birthday to his son, William. He turns one year old tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe, the No Agenda Show. And then, uh, wow, well, it's a long, long segment today, but we do have some nights, which we're very happy to uh, bring into the uh, round table of uh, No Agenda Nights here. So if you wouldn't mind uh, showing some steel, Mr. DeVore. There you go. Monique Hoxbergen, step forward. Black Knight Scott. Or Scott, you'll be a black knight. Gene Naftuliev and Jason Burke, all of you now are welcome at the No Agenda Roundtable for the Knights, including our brand new Dame Monique. So I hereby pronounce thee Dame Monique, Sir Scott, Sir Gene, and Sir Jason, all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Hookers and blow, rent boys and Chardonnay, Monique. Hookers, I mean, uh, hot pants and booze and chocolate milk and boobs. All here for you. And uh, you'll be, uh, make sure you uh, email rings at noagendanation.com 
and uh, Mimi will uh, set you up with your ring. Uh, the last ones this year before we uh, hopefully move to the uh, to the new uh, signal that you're a member of the roundtable, which we're working on. Wowie, wowie, wowie. Um, let's see. I had uh, I've got so much stuff. We've been going. We have uh, you know longer donation segments on days like this where we have. Uh, um, you know, we have a special we, we, Father's Day shout out. So the show tends to go a little bit longer, which uh, I'm quite okay with, obviously. Well, I got a couple of uh, kind of, um, again, a little uh, cultural stuff here I wanted to maybe get to. Sure, hit me. I ran into uh, two uh, new versions of the commercials for Celebrix and Cymbalta, which are the competitive drugs for arthritic people. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to decide. Which one is which better? Is- well, there's two of them now, and this is interesting because you have a, 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 series, a theory. Now, if we can find, we got to find the sales figures for these two, because if your basic premise, which I'm subscribed to, uh, is correct, the one with the worst sounding you know, side effects, it's going to kill you, would sell better. Okay. Now, the, the, so here's the two. Now, so Celebrex has gone to the. We'll, we'll actually use the word death. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they they've got good advice. To, they've got, a, they've got yeah. the next layer. So we have to watch the sales figures in the future because this is new as far as I remember. They never talk about death. They always talk about, we'll, we'll play this in Balta ad first. And it's not that they hint at death, but they never say death. Uh, and it's a little softer sell, I think. I think it's not going to do as well. Imagine facing the day with less chronic osteoarthritis pain. Imagine living your life with less chronic low back pain. Imagine you with less pain. Cymbalta can help. Cymbalta is FDA approved to manage chronic musculoskeletal pain. One non-narcotic pill a day every day can help reduce this pain. Tell your doctor right away if your mood worsens, you have unusual changes in mood or behavior, or thoughts of suicide. Antidepressants can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. Cymbalta is not approved for children under 18. People taking MAOIs or thyroidazine or with uncontrolled glaucoma should not take Cymbalta. Taking it with NSAID pain relievers, aspirin, or blood thinners may increase bleeding risk. Severe liver problems, some fatal, were reported. Signs include abdominal pain and yellowing skin or eyes. Tell your doctor about all your medicines, including those for migraine. And while on Cymbalta, call right away if you have high fever, confusion, and stiff muscles, or serious allergic skin reactions like blisters, peeling rash, hives, or mouth sores to address possible life-threatening conditions. Talk about your alcohol use, liver disease, and before you reduce or stop Cymbalta. Dizziness or fainting may occur upon standing. Ask your doctor about Cymbalta. Imagine you with less pain. Cymbalta can help. (laughs) Go to Cymbalta.com to learn about a free trial offer. Well, they're not lying. You have less pain when you're dead. You're dead, yeah. <laughs> now, there's a couple of things both these commercials did I thought was interesting. And I don't know what the genesis of this is, but I've never noticed it before in these. In, in You'll feel no pain when you're dead. Simbalta, <laughs> Because you won't feel pain when you're dead. So, so he says one non-narcotic pill. <laughs> and the other guys, the guys that did the, uh, um, uh, the Celebrex, they don't say it, but they have a big flashing thing, non-narcotic, non-narcotic. So I guess there must be a third alternative that's narcotic, or they're, maybe they're trying to tell people you have to take morphine and this is better. <laughs> I don't know. It's simple physics. 
A body in rest tends to stay at rest, while a body in motion tends to stay in motion. Staying active can actually ease arthritis symptoms, but if you have arthritis, staying active can be difficult. Prescription Celebrex can help relieve arthritis pain so your body can stay in motion because just one 200-milligram Celebrex a day can provide 24-hour relief for many with arthritis pain and inflammation. Plus, in clinical studies, Celebrex is proven to improve daily physical function so moving is easy. Celebrex can be taken with or without food, and it's not a narcotic. You and your doctor should balance the benefits with the risks. All prescription NSAIDs like Celebrex, Ibuprofen, Naproxen, and Meloxicam have the same cardiovascular warning. They all may increase the chance of heart attack or stroke, which can lead to death. This chance increases if you have heart disease or risk factors such as high blood pressure or when NSAIDs are taken for long periods. NSAIDs, including Celebrex, increase the chance of serious skin or allergic reactions or stomach and intestinal and problems such as bleeding and ulcers, which can occur without warning and may cause death. Patients also taking aspirin and the elderly are at increased risk for stomach bleeding and ulcers. Do not take Celebrex if you've had an asthma attack, hives, or other allergies to aspirin, NSAIDs, or sulfonamides. Get help right away if you have swelling of the face or throat or trouble breathing. Tell your doctor your medical history and find an arthritis treatment for you. Visit Celebrex.com and ask your doctor about Celebrex for a body in motion. Okay, now before you say anything, I've done the research here. Now, first of all, let me say that even though they played the death card in the Celebrex, I think the Cymbalta sounded worse. Because this guy, (laughs) he said like, you know, it could be death. I I really feel that Cymbalta sounded worse than uh, Celebrex. You don't need it? You disagree? I thought they were pretty well balanced. They had a lot of symptoms that you could get, and a lot of uh, the, the, there was a few extra ones like the swelling of the head. I thought that was unusual, uh, <laughs> but good cause. My death. head's really big. It's swollen, <laughs> man. Just, the other one had. If you're confused, call your doctor. If you're confused, you won't know what to do. No, but there was a, there was a, there was a lot more. I know. Anyway, I, the results are here. Celebrex annual revenue two point five billion dollars. Cymbalta. Annual revenue, $3 billion. So maybe, now this is a, a reasonably new ad, so maybe Celebrex was like, man, those guys, they're, doing, they're kicking our ass. we got to step it up. What can we do? Just say death. Okay. So we'll check in a year, and we'll see, because I think that you know the theory still well, holds true. The results should show up in the next two quarters. We should right. be able to do it in six months. Yeah, you can place you can place a bet on it. Get an option call in there. And of course, it reminds me that we are so stupid. We are so. I mean, yeah, I know people are going like face palm. Really, you're stupid. Like we didn't know that. Here's our jingle. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember: no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try NoAgendaShow.com. Way too uplifting. Oh, yeah, no good. This is completely wrong. We have to make calls anal leakage. You may wind up uh, divorced. Uh, your family will hate you. You could uh, lose your job. Death. Uh, death. <laughs> let's, let's just try it again. Maybe, maybe we're not doing it right. Yeah, well, someone will come up with a good one for us. Yeah, well, we got to get Sir Jeff Smith. Uh, we, I mean, we have to have death in that. You may die after consumption of no agenda. Enjoy. Yeah, we can still be happy. It's just we got to get the death card in there. This is no good. Interesting. Uh, Producer Derek noticed something else, and it's going to drive you crazy when you when you pay attention to it. 
the phrase double down. Yeah, we pointed this out on the show before. This is being used everywhere. And, of course, what has just come out in uh, in May of this year is the uh, new uh, Burger King Double Down Sandwich. <laughs> so I think this is like a huge you commercial. Think this is a big thing to promote Burger King. Yeah. And the movie Double Down. Obviously. Obviously. Well, just, I'm just a Google search on just the words Double Down results in, I'll just read you the first page. Wall Street Journal launches political show as newspapers double down on video. Ernst & Young recognizes Double Down Interactive. Inga uh, had go-ahead... Oh, that's not Double Down. Skype set to Double Down on Windows. Apple will Double Down on Siri. Hey, by the way, KFC's got a Double Down, too, besides the other one. Oh, maybe it was KFC. The KFC Double Down Sandwich. I'm sorry, it was KFC. Uh, that will care. No, that's my, my mistake. It came out in... Uh, they just released it, I think, uh, like May or something. So be on the lookout. It'll drive you crazy, this double. Everyone's using double down, double down. Jeff Skull doubling down on the things that work. This is just the first page. Double down. Everything's double down, everybody. Speaking, are you doing Twit today? Yeah. Oh, good. Do right. You want to you drive, drive Leo crazy? Okay. Or you want to be really unpopular with Apple people? Well, I'm already unpopular with Apple people. That's why I mention it. Um, I, I did a, a YouTube video, which you can find at siri.curry.com, S-I-R-I, siri.curry.com. I was watching that uh, keynote of uh, you know all the, the new bull crap they made up, and the guy shows the dictation software, and you and I argue about this all the time. You know, it's really hard to do dictation software that'll actually work. And there's, in, you know, in two hours, there's only one demo, uh, and it's like a very, he sends a tweet, and uh, he says, uh, I'm here uh, showing off uh, dictation in uh, uh, Mountain Lion at WWDC. And the thing translates it, but it's, uh, I'm showing dictation instead of showing off. So it failed. Or it was just a script and the whole thing doesn't work. It's like th- that, whole, that whole demo they do is rigged. The whole thing. A rigged demo? Yeah. Unbelievable. I had to write the date on this. When would that happen? I think this is a history making. A rigged demo. Just bring it the up. It'll be funny. These people. Yeah, just bring it up. It'll be funny. Come on, man. Okay, I'll bring it up. Yeah, I'm on with your buddy. Oh, Brian, Brushwood? Brushwood? Yeah, tell yeah what's he, why is he always around? He should be in Austin. That's where he lives. Why is he know. constantly up here? I don't, I don't know. Get tell, it. tell him I said hey. I told him to visit. No, no, no. Shh. Just tell him I said hey. Tell my you already told me I should invite him over to your house. Don't tell him to visit. And also, uh, another one of our producers, wow, so smart, uh, Carlise, I think it's Carlise, said, you know, I was listening to uh, Lieberman's comments about Cyber 9-11, and uh, you were quizzing John about what he thought the three critical pieces of infrastructure were. He says, but my thoughts were the same as Joe Lieberman's, which was, you know, pipelines, water lines, electricity, because... I saw the same movie Lieberman did, Live Free or Die Hard in Bruce Willis. <laughs> but check this out. The main plot of the movie is a computer attack called Fire Sale. Sound like anything familiar? Like Flame, Flamer, Fire Sale? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Wagging the dog once again. Which, by the way, I have less confidence that our government made that. Our government can't make that. We can't do anything right with our government. Governments are no good. They're no good at actually creating things. 
I knew I know too many people who work in IT and government agencies. It's a mess. The machines have been patched for two years. It's a mess. They don't create any of this bull crap. It's all and Kaspersky. I think you know what kind of antivirus company are you if you can't detect the virus for two years? It means you can't detect anything. Those guys made it. The whole thing is bogative. I'm not buying any of it until you show me the code. Okay, I don't know where you got off on that tangent. Well, I just. It's a little it. pet peeve. You should play the pet peeve. No, thing. it's not a pet peeve. It's not a pet peeve. Sounds like a peeve to me. No. So, uh, B- 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 Trump, <laughs> apparently, another of the uh, models came out and said the, uh, the uh, Miss USA was rigged. No. No. Yeah. No. Is, you can play the clip, but you better play a real news theme before. Okay. And which uh, clip am I playing here? Miss now, USA scandal. Miss USA scandal. Now comes forward and seems to back up Miss Pennsylvania's claims that the pageant is rigged. Trace Gallagher brings us up to date on all of our beauty pageant news. Trace? <laughs> you know, when Miss Pennsylvania first came forward and resigned her crown saying the Miss USA contest was rigged, I mean, she got hit pretty hard, right? Donald Trump came out calling her a sore loser. I can't listen, John. I really can't. <laughs> I really I can't. Is Miss Syria? Is there a Miss Syria? Yeah, they're going to talk about that next. <laughs> so at the very liar. end of this you thing, which goes on and discusses this new girl, and they all they do, by the way, to in this segment is show the breasts of the girls in real <laughs> c- close up. Oh, good. And this is news. And, what what station was this on? This was Fox. This is mm-hmm. Megan Kelly. Oh, this is Fox News. News. Fox yeah, News. <laughs> and so, but then Megan pulls a douchebag thing at the end and kind of. Uh, Kills the uh, because they, you know they they have Trump on a lot right yeah, yeah so they have to make you know he's on yeah things, they, so. they gotta promote him they gotta promote him so so here's Megan Kelly after this really went on for about four minutes she, here's her final little assumption little kind of douchebaggy commentary the com- <laughs> the the complainants uh, no. no none of the complainants have won no, the top five so maybe they're all sore losers right they didn't no. I know well- what. You, which was the beginning of that clip? That was it. That's all I got. Ugh. We have Never mind. we have clip issues today. Clip. I must have misclipped. Well, that is. Uh, oh, hold on a second. Epic fail. <laughs> all right, let's move on to something else, shall we? We can add another three to killlist.curry.com. Three more killed in uh, Waziristan, where, of course, the pipeline is uh, going through. Uh, that's in northwestern Pakistan, so you can go to killlist.curry.com. So that's uh, 35, 38 since we've started counting, which has been, what, a week? A week? Uh, yeah, a week, uh, two shows. One week. And I have a new word for you. Actually, two words. Uh, as I've, I'm looking into the domestic drone situation and what these things can really do. Here's your two words. Gorgon stare. Gorgon Stare. Is that from some science fiction book? Well, um, interestingly, there is a a, a comic uh, hero called Gorgon, but Gorgon in Greek myth- mythology was a terrifying female creature. Uh, in fact, if you looked at... Uh, Janet Napolitano. If you looked at Gorgon, you would turn to stone instantaneously. But if you look up Gorgus Stare, and I have a whole bunch of links in the show notes, uh, 418.nashownotes.com, You'll see that this is the uh, the camera system. You're always interested in this. 
So you have the Gorgon Stair and then the Gorgon Stair plus Argus. Gorgon Stair at an altitude of six kilometers. So that's uh, like roughly uh, a little under uh, a little over three miles. They can span seven kilometers worth of high definition imagery, real time. But with the, when you add the, the Argus stuff, oh, my God. It's, I mean, there's pictures that I have, links actually of pictures that they're taking. From, and they have audio, too. They, have, they can listen. They can watch. Ah, bull crap. No, they're not. You can't have audio from that distance. Well, it's not even remotely possible. Well, that's, what the, that's what they say. No, they're just doing that. I don't know why they're saying that. That doesn't make sense. And they've uh, they've now uh, unveiled the uh, 40-meter wingspan MQ Mike Quebec 4 Charlie operating ceiling of 18 kilometers can operate uninterrupted for 24 hours. This is a great drone. Here it is. Uh, The unmanned aircraft features ANZPY3 multifunction active sensor radar system, which enables the Triton to cover more than 6.9 million square kilometers in a single intelligence surveillance reconnaissance mission. (laughs) You know, there's still potholes in Highway 80. uh, Just, I mean, they did pave the part in front of my house, but up the road I was driving along, it's a big pothole. And there's just bumps and gouges all over this freeway. Yeah. And meanwhile, what do you think? What does one of these things cost? Uh, I don't have the price, but I, I'll bet you it's uh, with procurement and everything. It's got to be up there. About two hundred million, I can tell you right now. Well, they now. can certainly surveil your potholes. They can do that. Yeah, for hey, sure. look at all the potholes. <laughs> uh, Senator uh, of Kentucky Rand Paul. Uh, introduced a bill into the United States Senate. This is supposed to be, uh, you know, the guy who's against all this stuff, against these uh, surveillance drones. And he has introduced S-3287, also known as the Preserving Freedom from Unwarranted Surveillance Act of 2012. And you think he'd be like, get the drones out of our airspace. No. In fact, I'm going to douchebag him right now. Douchebag. Uh, quite the opposite, he says. The term drone, of course, he specifies an, air, an aerial vehicle that does not carry human operator. Yes, can fly autonomously. So that's we know what a drone is. Uh, law enforcement means any person or entity authorized by law. So that can be your local cops. Prohibited use of drones. Except as provided in Section 4, which we'll get to, the exceptions. A person or entity acting under the authority as a police officer or funded or in whole or in part by the government of the United States uh, shall not use a drone to gather evidence or other information pertaining to criminal conduct or conduct in violation of a statute or regulation, except to the extent authorized in a warrant that satisfies the requirements of the Fourth Amendment. So what he's saying here is, as long as I have a warrant, it's okay to fly a drone over you. But here are the exceptions. This act does not prohibit any of the following. And we have a new word that I had to look up. The use of a drone to patrol borders to prevent or deter illegal entry of any persons or illegal substances. That shall be allowed. The use of a drone by law enforcement party when exigent exigent circumstances exist yeah exigent what does exigent mean uh it's like extenuating in other words there's a rat some let's look it up it says requiring immediate aid or action well yeah, what does that mean yeah, well you got the you got the screen you're at the door 
Yeah. Uh, Ms. Jenkins. And then you hear a scream. You bust the door down and you run in because you can do that. It's like you heard exigent, something going on. Exigent. So whenever they basically say, oh, it's exigent. Expedite under exigent circumstances. That's bull crap. That just means go ahead and do it whenever. Or, for the purposes of this paragraph, exigent circumstances exist when the law enforcement party possesses reasonable suspicion that under particular circumstances, swift action to prevent imminent danger to life is necessary. Bull crap. What a sellout. The use of a drone to counter a high risk of a terrorist attack by a specific individual organization is also uh, allowed when the Secretary of Homeland Security determines credible, not the CIA, not the FBI, the Secretary of Homeland Security determines credible intelligence indicates there's such a risk. Well, screw She's you. She's running an intelligence agency now? Yeah, is apparently. that what that says? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So basically, Rand Paul just said, oh, it's okay, go ahead and do it. That's douchey. Yeah. Rand Paul, you know, your next president. <laughs> I hope not. No, please, no. No, that's, that's, uh, I find that uh, very annoying that he did so that. So who's going to be the vice president candidate? Let's just discuss that for a minute. Really? Yeah, really. Make a prediction. Well, I know your prediction, so I have to say someone else. No, you can agree with me. Mitch Daniels. Ah! No way. Put it in the red book. The guy is a milk toast. So what you're saying, Rubio? Yeah. Although he doesn't want to do it, but he, yeah, he has we've to. been over this a million times. You keep saying that, and I keep saying Mitch Daniels. So yeah, okay, we'll go back to you're, square you're one. Double... You're going to change your mind and say Rand Paul? No, no, no. They duped him. He's now he's now he's grasping, clutching for straws. Like, I'll, I'll approve your drones. Just put me in. A, he, maybe he'll become like. He'll get a secretary. Maybe he'll be a secretary job or something. So how about a secretary of drones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need that. We need a new position. The yeah, czars, we do. drones are. No, I totally agree. Hey, um, they're trying to get rid of the Jackson Vanek. Um. Is that a bill? Jackson Vanek? No, that's an act. It was act, done sometime. Right. We talked about it in great detail. Right, 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 right. right, right. And, and, but this is important with Russia. Yeah, it's very important with Russia. And here's the deal McCain tried to make. He said, we'll get rid of the Jackson Vanek Act if you let us implement the Magnitsky Law. Which Uh-oh. would yeah, which would create yeah. yeah, which would create a list of uh, Russians who are not allowed to come into the country. And the Russians are like, no, I'm not going to let, let you make some list. But they are trying to, they, yeah, well, just, we all got lists, but we don't publish the list. That's literally what, what they're saying. I'm not going to let you publish a list. That's bogative. Just get rid of this Jackson Vanek Act, which is a big deal to the Russians. They want to join the World Trade Organization. They want to be part of everything, right? Yeah, totally. So that's a no-go. McCain tried. I, you got to give him credit for trying. Uh, but didn't, uh, obviously didn't succeed. Um, I have. So, so from the outdoor forums board, I see just showed up in my email box. My kids Oryx hunt this weekend. <laughs> kid, some little kid, his two youngest kids drew their 
Oil Stallion Range Oryx mm-hmm. and nailed it. And they got a dead Oryx here on the Got there. a picture? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Kids holding those crazy horns those things yeah. have. Hey, I've been saving the best hey, for last. by the way, when you get the Oryx, do you get the head? For a thousand bucks, I better. Yeah, you can get the head and you can mount it. Yeah. No, I, somehow I get a very short picture of Ms. Mickey allowing me to mount an Oryx head here at Camp Mofo. <laughs> Maybe in the Dude, studio. Every time you say that, she gets mad at you. You don't know that she doesn't like, want to have an Oryx by head the in way, the house. Yeah, by the way, she wants everyone to know that with her uh, her, her second dad, her, ste- uh, her stepdad, she grew up hunting deer and uh, field dressing it and eating it the same day. So she says, you're totally full of crap, Curry, which is true. She is a field dresser. She is skilled in the art of field dressing. She uh, cannot bring herself to shoot the deer, uh, but she's, uh, she, and she totally gets she the whole. She can gut it. She can gut it, and she totally gets the whole conservation thing, and she thinks all those people on that clip we played uh, last week are, are douchebags. They don't understand what they're talking about. So I, ha- I have to uh, correct my incorrect uh, ways i was very wrong uh but i don't think she wants the oryx head <laughs> hanging in the living room can i have it no yeah well wait a minute uh, what's it worth a spot for it what's it worth what's it worth to you buddy? biodiversity to wrap it up for my end i know john's got some other stuff but uh, uh very interesting things happening and it's uh worth noting as we are gearing up for Rio plus 20. And I think this kicks off uh, in about five days time from now. And uh, something has changed. There is a distinct change and I'll, uh, you see it everywhere in the news and I'm paying attention to this stuff. Um, BBC, uncertainty hampers Rio plus 20 talks. UN talks on sustainable development, love that word, are encouraging disputes, delays, and diplomatic wrangling days before world leaders arrive to sign a new agreement. The talks in Rio de Janeiro are aimed at putting the world economy on a more sustainable path, helping people out of poverty while protecting nature. Yet, developing countries have walked out over money. So now, very, listen very carefully what's happening here. <clears throat> Aimed at putting the world economy on a more sustainable path, helping people out of poverty while protecting nature. What's happened here is it's moved from uh, man-made climate change to poverty, which will <laughs> solve. Yeah, no, this is this is big, big news. This is very, very. I'd say. And uh, lo and behold, I come and another RSS feed. I'm now subscribed to. I come across. Uh, videos from the IMF and Christine Lagarde has set the tone for re- she's going now now you know that when wherever uh, Madame Lagarde shows up we're screwed and and all these douchebags over there at the agenda 121 people they now realize oh crap it's all over because here's Lagarde and she's coming in and wow what I what I found her talking about is outrageous uh, well actually I, well, here's here she is setting the tone for Rio Plus 20 at her IMF uh, speech before she departs uh, to Rio de Janeiro. It has been 20 years now uh, that since the world leaders first went to Rio de Janeiro uh, to commit to the noble goal of protecting the planet for future generation. And now, 20 years on, 
we will be journeying back, at least some of us will. I'm certainly of those that will be going to Rio Plus 20 to affirm our commitment to sustainable development, to the idea that we should strive for economic growth, environmental protection, and social progress at the same time, the three not being mutually exclusive. So notice she puts economic growth first and doesn't say global warming. No, it's about sustainability. Huh. So I listened a little more. Let's check out what she says about sustainability. Turning to the basics and and getting those basics uh, right. Sustainable development must spring from macroeconomic and financial stability, which in turn paves the way for robust growth and a productive economy. And this is the first step of the journey. Again, first step is economics. John, something has changed. We're no longer trying to push global warming. We're trying to tax people to help the poor people. And she had it all figured out. For her, it's all about pricing. We have to get the pricing set right. And uh, she has an idea for the United States. And here it is. Revenues is generated by the tax instruments, by the licenses fees that I was talking about. Now, a few numbers here, and I don't want to get that wrong, so I'm going to put my glasses. That's the price you pay for age. In the United States, for instance, a carbon tax of about $25 per ton of CO2, which would add 22 cents to a gallon of gasoline. gasoline. Okay, here you start thinking just very impractical. Could bring in about 1% of GDP or over $1 trillion in a decade. So she's talking about 22 cents tax on a gallon of gasoline. <laughs> which is what she calls it, a gallon of gasoline. Uh, And the price that she set on uh, carbon is $25 per ton. Now, right after this speech, she sits down for a question and answer with some incredible douche, douche woman from the IMF and this was like, whoa, hold on a second, here's how they're going to do it. To learn from the experience of countries like Australia. Uh, is this the right one? Yeah. Like France, like you know, a few others, can also be of help, and we can certainly procure access to those, those sort of uh, lessons drawn from real here comes life her, Here comes your thing. I hope you'll put the 22 cents, how much revenue that would yield in this country for a gasoline tax into the next, uh, what's it called, the country reviews, the... the uh, that the IMF does. (laughs) Article 4. Article 4. So first of all, here's this douche saying, I hope you you force to tax the American people. And she says, oh, Article 4 review. Whoa, Article 4 of the IMF agreement, which is binding to all members, and we're a member of that, uh, includes surveillance by the IMF in its present form was established by Article 4 of the IMF's Articles of Agreement as revised in the late 70s following the collapse of Bretton Woods system, etc., etc., etc. Tasked the IMF with uh, promoting stability for its part, the IMF is charged overseeing the international monetary system to ensure its effective operation, monitoring each member's compliance with its po- uh, policy obligations. So what they do is they do an annual review of every country 
under the Article 4 regulation. And if they're not on board, if they're not doing something right, then uh, they get slapped by Lagarde when she's wearing her, uh, her BDSM outfit. And her whole idea here, John, is to create a, <laughs> it's unbelievable, a global one price for, um, for carbon. And she's saying it should now be at $25 uh, per uh, ton of carbon. And it should be a global tax. And she's got an e-book about it. Just to point out the fact that if there is no price, there is no cost. So we can waste. So getting the price right is critical. And as I said, I think the IMF can help in that respect. Uh huh. Because it means setting fiscal policies to make sure that the harm we do is also reflected in the price we pay. And I'm thinking clearly about environmental taxes, emission trading systems under which government issue and preferably sell. Issuing has had its time, but actually sell pollution rights. It's basically a variation of the old mantra, you break it, you buy it. Les pollueurs sont les payeurs. I can see that there's one person at least who understands French. <laughs> Merde. Those who pollute shall be the payers, <sighs> in a way. In a way. Now, you can read a lot more about this because, you know, it's all very well me saying it to you now, but it's far more important that there be publication by the IMF on that particular topic. And uh, you can read about this in a new IMF Ebook. You will not find it in hard copy. It's an electronic book uh, on carbon pricing, which we are launching actually today. So today, an electronic book is being published by the IMF on this particular topic, and it's intended as a practical guide for policymakers. So it's not a lot of uh, theoretical, uh, rhetorical demonstration. It's it's a practical guide. Yeah. In other words, it's the law, um, and I'm not going to. I'm just going to give you some keywords from this because this is what we can look forward to. I, of course, I've downloaded the ebook, I've read the entire thing, and well, you can just set your clock by what's going to happen. This is it's just. Are you with me so far, John? Yeah, no. This is uh, this is un- or this is not. I say it's, it's a little, I mean, this is just part of the get rid of American sovereignty movement, which is. Just- but it's also it's unexpected that they move this quickly. From global warming, you know, that whole thing wasn't working. So now they're saying, oh, it just has to be about poverty. And they've got a whole bunch of buzzwords and keywords that are popping up. So, of course, I like to see it. You know, they're going to try to steal. Essentially, she gave the numbers. They want to out of our economy, which is already deeply in debt. They want to steal one hundred billion dollars a year. Oh, that's just that's just from the gasoline tax. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me just read you a few highlights. This uh, e-book, by the way, written by uh, Ruth de Moy, a Dutch guy, Ian Parry, and Michael Keane. I believe uh, he's Irish. Um, so um, let me just pull it up here. Revenues from fiscal instruments can contribute significantly to fiscal consolidation needs. If countries do not implement such policies, they will need to rely more heavily on other deficit reduction measures. Okay, that's kind of normal. Uh, okay, so here it is. If carbon pricing policies are not initially viable, carefully designed regulatory packages known as fee baits can be reasonable alternatives. So they want to build in a fee bait 
into uh, your car, your washing machine, anything <clears throat> that could use carbon in or produce carbon in any form, you will they will now implement the fee bait. And watch for this word to show up. So, you know, you buy an electric car, you get a fee bait of $5,000. But it'll be the same for everything that you buy. There'll be a fee bait built in. And that fee bait, of course, is uh, going to, uh, well, it's going to the global banks, I presume. Uh, here it is. Uh, some options for overcoming opposition to carbon pricing do exist. Really? Higher energy prices hurt consumers and reduce the competitiveness of trade-exposed energy-intensive firms, i.e. aluminum and steel producers. However, these efforts should not be overstated and might be addressed in part through scaling back pre-existing energy taxes, particularly on vehicles and electricity consumption, that become redundant with the carbon pricing. You see, so they're going to do a little bait-and-switch on us here, is what I'm feeling. Uh, VAT is another way to, uh, <laughs> can you just imagine this? We're going to get some VAT in the United States. This is what they're pushing for. It's right here in the, uh, in the guidelines. And here I think was the one that I like the best as policies emerge piecemeal rather than as a part of an internationally agreed stabilization goal, it might be more natural to base the emissions price on SCC. Social cost of carbon. And the SCC will ha, is a discounted monetary value of the future climate change demands due to additional tons of CO2 emissions. So the way they calculate our $25 per ton of carbon, uh, in 19, $2,007, it was $21.4 per ton of emissions released rising at about 2 to 3% per year in real terms, consistent with near-term prices for stabilization, stabilizing projected warming of 3.6 degrees Celsius. So they've actually made a formula of the, uh, the, um, uh, the degrees that the Earth warms based upon tons of carbon, and somehow they've put that into her magic purse, and they've come up with $25 per ton of carbon. And this is going to be the international standard. And this is what she's going to go sell in uh, uh, at Rio. Well, there seems to be, uh, this all seems to trace back to this World Resources Institute. And they have a whole paper on... Uh, from a year ago from by Ruth Greenspan Bell, which is obviously some relationship uh, you, about the SCC. And apparently Obama was somehow behind it, but it, probably everybody. And then you start looking at who runs this operation, the World Resources Institute. Quite interesting. Uh, it's all internationalists. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have the XM. The, head, the, the chairman of the board is the head of the XM Bank, the Export-Import Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vice chair is a former U.S. ambassador of the Organization of American States, uh, former administrator of the United Nations Development Program. This is all these guys that we just do not. These are the these are the guys trying to take over the world. Well, they're on track to do it. It's funny because the world. And guess who else is on this list? <laughs> do you want a list of names? You, just, you might as well just tell me. Al Gore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oops, I meant to hit that one. Yeah, really. 
The WWDF is very angry. No good. Yeah, they're like, hey, wait a minute. We were supposed to be taking the money for global warming. Now the the IMF is, they're the ones. There's no wonder they had to get that Dominique Strauss-Kahn out because she was, you know, that she was the, 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 the boss of that law firm. You know, the woman, yeah. yeah 600. Yeah, the, the one in Chicago. Yeah. She, no, she was huge. She's she was the chairman. Player. She was yeah. the chair. She ran the whole thing. She, I mean, this woman is evil. Capital E, triple six. And she is out to take our money. Carbon taxes, social cost of, uh, of what was it? Social. Social cost of carbon. Social cost of carbon. I mean, wow. It doesn't even mean anything. You know, your footprint, your, your evil, your, oh, and, and there it is. 22 cents per gallon of gasoline. That's, that's, that's just gasoline. Well, exposing this will help. No, I won't. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay, what am I thinking? <laughs> exposing the douchebaggery will help. That's right. Hey, go out and explain that to your friends. Here's what you do. Hey, man, Christine Lagarde's going to take all our money. You'll be laughed out. That's not going to work. All right. I got nothing to compare to that. Oh, well, give me something fun to, to roll out on. Do you have anything fun to roll out on? No, you have nothing. Yeah, there's a kind of a fun clip. There's some woman taking pictures of her husband being patted down at the TSA. I think it's worth listening to. All right, let's listen to that. And due to security reasons, please don't take any pictures of her. If you're going to be fondling him, that's, I mean, in some cases, that's considered sexual assault. And that's why you're here with a witness. Yeah. So you're telling me that you're going to be fondling his groin area and I can't take any photos okay. or anything. Can I at least have your name? Do you mind if I have your name? So I want you and Mickey to do the same thing. You know, I thought there was some edict that said you could take photos of the TSA, but you know, they, but they still won't let you. I mean, this is weird. I, I've got to no. get to the bottom of this. No, you can't do anything. These of guys that are at just all. making it up as they go along about the rules. Uh, Gibbon Nation UK, I'll just say um, I have inside information that uh, they are under the Operation Purple Chariot. Operation Purple Chariot is what this is all about. Uh, and I'm um, getting details on it, but this was uh, set up a long time ago, and that's what all this crap is in uh, around the Olympics. It's called Operation Purple Chariot. Be on the lookout for code words, purple and chariot. So you're going to go to the Olympics? <laughs> I, apparently there's plenty of tickets. Yeah, where's the go? You get blowed up. <laughs> I don't think I wants to go. We will have episode 319-er, uh, sorry, 419-er, Whoa, dropped 100 episodes, uh, coming up on Thursday. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about, uh, certainly in lieu of uh, 420. And 424 is obviously the day Stuxnet is set to die. And I have a, a very interesting uh, report coming out in the next newsletter, which is the, uh, uh, the man who can tell Valerie Jarrett what to do. No. Oh, oh, I know. There's only one man who can tell Valerie Jarrett what to do. That's Christine Lagarde. Yeah, well, that's not that's not who we're talking about. <laughs> There's a man who can tell Valerie Jarrett what to do, and it's like a very interesting story. All right. John, happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Happy Father's Day to you, and happy Father's Day to all ships at sea.
Coming to you. I'm sorry? Boots on the ground. (laughs) Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State here in Austin, Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where nothing is free, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday right here with no agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A